this in 20 years. And then watching it, when it started, I, literally her sister went, what the fuck? And then it kept going. And a minute and a half later, she was like, Hold, how? How is this happening in this movie? Like, it's so crazy. I fucking love it because I love that they just go for it. But, my God, their commitment of, like, they're like, okay, we're going to make sure the audience is paying attention here. Let's throw some weird shit at them. And then let's get weirder. And then let's get fucking all caps weird. And then let's just keep on going. Like, it goes so fucking far, so fast, and so slow at the same time. Do yeah. you remember when I told Willem Dafoe to be a bat gargoyle man? <laughs> I want to top that. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I was about to bring in. Like, I, it reminds me of in the first movie how Green Goblin, we talked about how this man, or at least I talked about how this man feels like he's from a different movie, right? He feels like he's from a Sam Raimi movie that is full Sam Raimi. And I feel like in this movie, Doc Ock, from this scene on, he feels like, not not that he's from a different movie, but he feels full Sam Raimi in a yeah. way that actually does fit into this movie, oh, which yeah. is what I like the most about I it. I just needed he, gore. He, I needed gore in this sequence. They're doing this, they're doing <laughs> this cartoon. Even worse. Yeah, oh, my God. Horrible. They horrible. waxed the floor for that guy. You know that, right? They waxed the floor and then, like, literally pulled him over waxed. It's amazing. But That's cool. That's uh, a cool touch. Yeah, the idea that they set up so much of this cartoony, wishy-washy, Charlie Brown, timeless New York, and then when they introduce the villain, the villain is hard, violent Sam Raimi horror. I actually really like, because it really feels like Doc Ock is invading this peanut Sunday comic cart like cartoon world and he does it is bad that he is there you know yeah it's definitely dangerous thing uh, of course he walks out of a hospital in a, in a with a gown wrapped around his waist and you're like huh, that was a choice uh, and then spots I like this little touch looks over sees a spider web and he's like alright cool then he heads through a band warehouse to start again over the Daily Bugle they workshop names for Doc Ock and I love this part because it reminds me so much of working with Greg Miller. It's like I come up with all the good names, and Greg just takes credit for all of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, of course, they do give a little shout-out. He's like, what about Doctor Strange? And he's like, no, that's taken. And I'm like, oh, Ugh, a little I wish. Uh, Jameson gives Peter the job of taking pictures of it. He's like, listen, I need someone. My guy quit. I got hit on the head by something or whatever. I, gotta, I need you to come to this society event right now and take pictures of my son, the astronaut. And Peter's like, all right, whatever. I need money. Over at the warehouse, Otto realizes the inhibitor chip is gone, and now his only friends are his little hands. Just like me when I was 13. I'd like to apologize for that joke. Uh, he decided to rebuild. Good. He's like, I'm going to rebuild and give it another <laughs> shot. But we'll need money first. You know who has money? The bank. The real crime would be not to finish what we started. Just like the real crime would be not to go for the obvious masturbation joke. So we're doing Jekyll. We're doing Jekyll and Hyde again. I'm ignoring Nick's joke. And I'm ignoring Nick's meta joke about the joke. <laughs> um... We're doing Jekyll and Hyde again, and I feel like some of what Sam Raimi was doing with this movie and some of what everybody was doing with this movie is like, look at what we've learned. And in doing look at what we've learned, they kind of wind up making the same movie again but better. And Sam Raimi's done this before. Evil Dead 2 is literally Evil Dead. Yeah. It's the same movie. A weird movie. Yeah, it, it just... Evil Dead didn't happen. Here's what we're doing. And I sort of feel like he was wink, wink, nudge, nudge trying to do that here, where it's like... You haven't seen this before because I know how to do it now. I think, I mean, to to a degree, I get, and I give him credit for this, because at least he's bringing a dimension to the character. This character mm-hmm. is not just like a um, bad for bad sake. And that is a hallmark of this series, right? I think one of the characters I look forward to is the Sandman, who yeah. I actually sympathize with because you're like, the guy's like, I'm just trying to take care of my kid and no one's giving me a break. Uh, but well, strong villain. Spoilers. 
Uh, this is where we go over to the bank and we see young and or old Joel McHale, uh, who plays a bad banker and he gets kicked in the leg for it. Uh, meanwhile, behind him, Otto is just there about to rob this bank. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, At least we get the toaster. It's just so sad. Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh. everything is so Charlie Brown for the for the Parkers at all times. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're 200 years old and you're trying to still exist in society. Just <laughs> die, in it. Just die. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were all thinking it. I'm the only one that has no. the courage to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, of course, kicks off well, another. I mean, Nick, clearly, clearly, Tobey Maguire. Uh, or in this world, Peter Parker, her nephew, feels the exact same way. Because to her, for Abbey's perspective, this horrible situation starts and he runs away. He just runs Peter away. Peter runs! And Joel McHale literally says, that kid of yours is a real hero. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, I want to it. talk about the fact that this bank vault is filled with pirate doubloons. Yeah, that's really <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> I love that like it's sacks of pirate doubloons. Yeah. Like if we didn't need Sam Raimi to hammer home that this is a cartoon anymore, like don't worry, we'll we'll literally toss gold coins at one another. I love it. And also, how did it. this gigantic man just saunter in here with nobody noticing and? Knocks the first thing into the wall, and everybody's cool with that, but it's the pulling the bank vault wall off that really goes, oh, wow, I didn't know he was going to pull it off. Because a pirate notices and stands up and goes, no, my doubloon. Oh, they're going to take my I traded those for a toaster. (laughs) Sorry to guess. I mean, I do want to give a shout out to Alfred Molina here, who, before robbing the bank, stopped off at the cowboy store to get a bunch of dusters. And he threw all those trench coats on and showed up in full Mm. leather. Cut the holes for the cut the holes for the robot arms. And I also want to give a shout. Let's give a it's shout out to the fact that. that half the time, like like Bless said, these are practical arms. These are animatronic arms. They tried. They literally tried every shot with the animatronic arms first, and only went CG if they felt like they couldn't pull it off. Sixteen people working those arms at all times. They're awesome. worth worth every. Person. I will it say so that. Good. I will say that the first cool. to reveal though. Uh, not the first reveal, but one of my favorite scenes that we had passed already was clearly CG arm at that moment. But it's the night scene where Nick had mentioned that he he walks out of there like shirtless or whatever. And it's the sequence that I still have saved on my phone because I, I took a photo of my TV the first time we watched this where the arm is doing this and Alfred Molina just goes, and he looks at the camera in the weirdest fashion possible. It's yeah. one of my favorite, like, screenshot things because Alfred Molina was, like, full in on it. He was like, I'm going to yeah. make this really scary, and I kind of hate it. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's so good. <laughs> Alfred Molina, like, got so into this thing, he named the tentacles. You know that, right? Oh, wow. He named them all. He named them Larry, Harry, Moe, and Flo. Oh, I think and I didn't Flo, know that, yeah. if you watch the movie... Flo is upper right tentacle, and it's the one that's always doing things like helping him put his glasses on, helping him get a drink, and he named it Flo because he was like, that's mother tentacle. Oh, oh I love like that. Flo, like the progressive commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, well, he's, he's pretty much just like, uh, he's like Sir Ian McKellen on the Lord of the Rings sets. Like, he was so into this universe. Wizard, 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 Sir Ian. Yeah, wizard, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is a great scene. I, I like it. They're throwing bags of money at each other, and then, of course, Peter has another problem, quote, performing, but thankfully pulls it out at the last second. Uh, it's get... not how, in the previous movie, it, the whole thing felt like a meta-commentary about puberty, and in this movie, it's more so, like, performance and getting it up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird through line <laughs> between all these movies. I love it. 
we get more of the same scream, and then Aunt May proves she has some amazing upper body strength of her own as Stan Lee uh, saves people down below from falling rubble. Uh, Aunt May, I like the scene that Peter gets thrown through the, the window next door, and then he has to, like, slingshot himself as he does. So, of course, Aunt May cracks uh, Doc Ock on, on the uh, glasses and, like, throws off his concentration, allowing Peter to he, kind of take him down for a hot second. He slingshots himself. He yeah. slingshots himself in the movie lot. like 15 times, and I never got tired of it. So, I'm right there with you. So funny. The first time he did it, I was like, What's he doing? Is he doing it? Is he do? Oh my god! Oh, he's doing oh it! Oh my god! Holy shit! Uh, through the walkway, through the gap in the walkway is the best one. So and by good. the way, it definitely is one of those things. It's like he, in the back of his brain, is like I could just jump out the window and shoot my web and pull myself. No, this is like this cool. is going to look so much cool. It's going to be such a cooler story for the people that work in this tailor shop. And they should be so proud of me. <laughs> he fucking sling, dude, He fucking slingshotted himself. Like, you don't even know, bro. I want to uh, point out that in this scene. Rosemary Harris did all of her own stunts. Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina did not. Alfred Molina famously hated wearing the tentacles and hated doing stunts, and the stunt team would have to trick him into doing stunts. Meanwhile, Rosemary Harris was like, fuck it, we all die sometime. Hang me off of this thing. Push me off of this. Put me on wires. I love it. And they would, like, literally make fun of Alfred Molina on set because Rosemary Harris would do it, and he wouldn't. She was her hundreds hanging. of feet in the air without a harness, just, yeah. just <laughs> on the top of the building. <laughs> her hanging from there like, and then, like, uh, landing her feet on the, like, side railing of the building. I like it. I me off guard every single time. Every I time. forget every single time. And I'm like, oh, shit, she's good. It's funny. Yeah, um, I, I just read this piece of trivia. She was actually in the Spider-Man costume for, like, 30 percent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because cool. Toby was pretending he had a back, back injury. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my back. Oh, my yeah. back. Rosemary, get in there. And she's like, oh, honest day's work is good for an honest day's pay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he drops off Aunt May, and she thanks him. And he's like, oh, I thought he didn't like me. She's like, no, I know a hero when I see one. And then when he takes off, uh, a bunch of uh, young women are like, take me with with you. It's like, yeah, yeah, I love that we have to like pan Here? up to like women in fucking tube tops just like oh, that was Spider-Man. So much bare there's so <laughs> much early aughts bare midriff happening in this with I mean, we're going to get to the the Russian and or Slavic guys uh daughter who's wearing pants that are so low, you're like I don't think that's I What think is your vibe? What's going on? What's your vibe? Yeah, what's happening with this? Anyway, do you uh, go to school? Uh, like, what's <laughs> what going on? Like, what is your what is the relationship between you and this old man you live with? I'm yeah. just saying. It's like, yeah. is this illicit? Is it illegal? I don't know. Do you need help? Let me know. Anyway, Peter has the side of the events, and he can't catch a break with the oars divorce here. Uh, while Harry gets super drunk on fancy bubbly, uh, then he spots MJ coming down with astronaut John Johnson, and he's like, "Oh no, that's the guy she was with. He's an astronaut. Oh, I'm Spider Man, but I mean, I'll be honest with you." Astronauts are cooler than Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Peter tries to recite some poetry to MJ, and she shuts him the fuck down. She tells Peter that's that, weird. Yeah, it's weird. Don't take your advice from a 50-year-old <laughs> physicist when it comes to running game, Peter Parker. And then MJ lays it out. And this is the scene I have the most problem with, right? Okay. Because she's like, I've been doing this show for a long time. Everyone in my life, even my deadbeat dad, has come to see this show. After, and you you haven't seen it. You can't make it out. After all these years, you're nothing but an empty seat to me. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, they're not friends. Are they best? I don't think they know each other at all. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Harry's like, finally had enough of it. He's like, listen, man, it's been two years. I thought I've been pretty cool here, Andy. Harry's, <laughs> Harry's, with you, Andy. Harry's just from a different movie popping in here. Yeah. Be like, I got my yeah. own problems with you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then he slaps Peter. Dude, Not once, but twice. Slap. <laughs> he slaps. The fucking slap. The fucking slap. I will say this. 
whatever you think about their performances in the rest of this film, and we have a lot of thoughts. Boy, boy did this, boy did this fucking like baby slap fight between the two of them feel real. Yeah, it did. It like, felt very real. And not only like that. Franco does like the little baby slap, and like McGuire just looks like. I just got fucking baby slapped. <laughs> I got slapped. <laughs> Holy got slapped shit, in hard. front of in front of the first guy to play football on the moon. <laughs> A literal line about John Jameson that I love. Hey, play football. That's awesome. Uh, of course, then, uh, we get a lot in this scene, right? Peter's like, oh, shit, I just got slapped by my friend. Meanwhile, someone underneath their breast, like, this guy fucking sucks, right? Uh, and then uh, John takes the stage again. He's like, hey, everyone, I just wanted to let you know that uh, Mary Jane has uh, agreed to marry me. And everyone starts clapping. And then Anybody else get whiplash from that? Yes, it's very strange. That seems fast. Yeah, well, she's like, you know, I'm over Peter. I just got very It's a very extreme so version of what we've been talking about where it's like, well, if you're not going to say the right thing, then now I'm with this guy. But, like, she just keeps heightening it every time. Yeah. Terrible writing. What it should have been established beforehand. What I really wanted to see for just for pure comedic sake is the slap – be like, oh, Harry, what the fuck? Why'd you just slap me? Hey, by the way, MJ's going to marry me. Oh, my God. What the fuck is going on? And then Aunt May is dead. She choked on rice. It's Uncle Ben's rice. Like, I just, like, <laughs> this sequence just, and Peter's just like, ah, oh, shucks. What are you going to do? Like, it cuts to, me. It cuts to, like, John Jameson being like, yeah, she's going to marry me. And then Harry, like, slaps him again. He's like, no, motherfucker, we're talking. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. he turns back. And then J. Jonah Jameson's like, Parker, get the picture. And he turns around and like Harry's like no Peter slap you yeah. killed like Harry's like dude, was by, in for some reason. yeah he's like by the way the house that your grandma used to own like I foreclosed that shit I will say something like, Washington, he's like I bought the bank <laughs> something that was in the first draft of this that was uh, Michael Chabin's draft that I think is a little better is up until this in the original draft Peter and Harry were still living together Oh, that's great. That and this is what makes Peter move out in the first draft. Mm. You know? Which I think be, is an interesting take. That would have been interesting, but also yeah. horrible. Uh, Peter yeah. goes through. You think he should stay after he gets <laughs> baby slapped? <laughs> no, I, think, I, I like that they're not living together anymore because I like that at least we find some level of estrangement between You baby slapped me once, Nick, and we didn't speak for six months. <laughs> you asked me to do it. Uh, um Peter goes for a swing around the city to clear his head and once again uh, has performance issues, starts shooting blanks early. Uh, and then he falls down and he screams out loud, why is this happening to me? To which I would respond, hey, buddy, keep it in your head. Okay, inner monologue. We have that in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tries to climb the wall and falls. Then his vision starts to blur again, just like Snowbike Mike every time he plays anything. Got to put mm-hmm. your glasses back on. Peter heads to the doctor to get checked out. And I'll tell you what, guys. I'm like, this doctor's pretty cool. He's wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt. Then he hops up on the chair with Peter. I'm like, nope, a little, little too, uh, Why little too uh, familiar here, buddy. Does everyone in this movie take time? Like, people are alternately slapping Peter Parker, <laughs> knocking him down, or complete strangers are taking time to be his high school guidance counselor out of nowhere. It's weird. It happens a lot in this weird. movie. I've always thought it was weird. Like, ever since I was little watching this movie, like... So you're telling me that this doctor is looking into Peter Parker and isn't like, yo, you're Spider-Man. Oh, the doctor pretty much says it. 
I think the, the doctor doctor's pretty much like, oh, patient, your friend. Patient doctor oh, okay. confidentiality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you have to imagine the doctor was like this. Let me take your pulse and grabbed his wrist. And was like, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> what is that pull? You, you have two of them. Okay. I, see I squeezed your forearm and some it's, web came out of it. Now I can't get this web off. It's me. just very weird how this whole thing is like. Peter is alone, but they don't really want to make Peter alone. And so, like, literally everyone will take Peter Parker aside for five minutes and be like, buddy, I don't know you, but here's what it looks like going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't the, know. Doc, the doctor tells him, he's like, yeah, man, it's all in your head. It sounds like it's all in your head. And Peter's like, okay. And he's like, listen, sometimes if you're conflicted, you got to make a choice, and that'll, that'll do what it does. And Peter's like, fuck, I fucking suck. <laughs> excited, man. Uh, he ta- then he talks to Uncle Ben in heaven. Just like Harry Potter the doctor knows you, Spider-Man. That's, that makes it even worse for me. Well, I mean, <laughs> like... But he knows way too much. I'm like, oh, you got to make a choice. Uh, you clearly are have to choose between being Peter Parker and being Spider-Man. <laughs> Dr. I mean, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. no, no, but, like, he's like, yeah, he I have this dream where I'm Spider-Man. No, it's my friend's dream and, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, dude. He maybe doesn't know that he's Spider-Man, but he's like, okay, something's going on. I know. You know? Spider-Man. And you're probably also Spider-Man. I took this as, okay, you're talking a lot, kid, and I just lost interest in you, so let me get you the yeah. fuck out of my office, because it's really expensive to rent this office in upper Manhattan, and I got to make some money. Anyway. I think, he's, I think he's a Columbia University, like, health center doctor. Oh, you Because he mentions Dr. Connors, and he's, oh, yeah, and he's allowed okay. to wear a Grateful Dead shirt to work. So, like, <laughs> the kids, I mean, I'll tell you what, man, you know what kids love in college? Grateful Dead. <laughs> sure they do. fucking love this. They love uh, being a deadhead, man. When I was in college, I was like, Coldplay, Grateful Dead, two of the greatest bands ever made. Wow. <sighs> Coldplay was very popular. Did you really like Coldplay? No, but it was just it was they okay. they rose to prominence around in the early two sure. thousands when I graduated college, and I remember right. every every person that I had any interest in hanging out with was always like, "You want to go to a Coldplay concert?" I'm like, I guess I have to. I guess I have to because of because of the code of chivalry. It says if you're invited to a Coldplay concert, you must accept. I can't say no. One of my friends invited me to a Green Day concert and offered me hash, and I was like, oh, that's scary. Anyway, uh, uh, we cut over to Uncle Ben in heaven. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Just like Harry did with little Dumbledore. Uh, he's like, Harry, you're not, you're not supposed to die yet. And Uncle Ben tells him, he's like, listen, man. He's like... He's like, I see no problems. I see no problems. Keep talking. Uncle Ben like, is in heaven. Let's go. He's like, listen, Harry. I want before I left you. Before I let you go back to fight Voldemort, Harry. I need you to know something. It's just a very important piece of advice that I wish I could have given you before I died. But here it is, right here. With great power comes great responsibility. And Peter goes, Yeah, I fucking know that, dude. You told me that right before you died. But dude, I don't want to be Peter Can we talk anymore. about fucking Peter Parker imagining Uncle Ben and? Still fucking dunking on Uncle Ben. (laughs) Knowing, and his whole thing is, I feel so guilty for dunking on Uncle Ben before he died. Conjures his own Uncle Ben and dunks on him again. (laughs) Here's the dick. He fucking sucks. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, the transition here of getting into this, uh, Nick, you you nailed it with your rendition of it, of what you're saying, jumping in. Then Uncle Ben's in heaven. This movie's transitions are so all over the place, where some of them are super fucking dope. I love, and I, this was in the first movie, but they do it in this one. I love any time someone's reading the Daily Bugle and it does one of those transition shots of, like, someone else is reading it. Very fucking cool. But this movie features a, like, wavy transition at one point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We get, we get <laughs> a Scooby-Doo. Like, we get a Scooby-Doo yeah. or a Wayne World transition. For sure. Uh, let's see. Anyway, he goes, no, Uncle Ben, I'm just Peter Parker. I am Spider-Man no more. Uh, like Peter Parker... 
and just like the comic, and then you can act like the comic, like I imagine, right? We get this iconic shot of Peter throwing his spider suit away in the, in the garbage can as he walks away. Mm-hmm. And I do like the last little touch here of editing. I never noticed this before, but as it fades out, the only thing we can see for a hot second is the eyes of the suit, and then it'll yeah. fade out as well. I also um, think this is. I also think it's the same alley where the kiss happens, oh, which maybe. I think is nice. Interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. Uh, then things immediately get better for Peter, except now he has to wear glasses like a dork. Uh, I hate this part of the movie because it's just set to raindrops keep falling on my head, and you're and the end of the free train, and you're like, what the fuck is that? This is a harbinger of things to come. (laughs) This is, this, we kept looking at this movie the first time we saw it, we were like, they're setting up so many things for Spider-Man 3. No, do you know what they were setting up for Spider-Man 3? Musical numbers. Yeah. That's what they were setting up. They sure were. Uh, Peter. Peter finally makes it over to MJ's show, and she is overjoyed to see him in the audience, we think, until uh, later she says, you should have told me you were coming, and Peter says, yeah, but if I, I was afraid that if I told you, you would tell me not to come. And then we hear crickets for a second, and then we hear our bigger brothers go, bro, <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. You were afraid that she would tell you not to come to her place of work? You shouldn't be going there unannounced. Just throw yeah. that out there. Big red flag for me there. Anyway, well, Peter and, then, and then he takes that goodwill and goes a hundred steps too far, which is yeah. like, I told you I'd show up, and I didn't, but here I am six months later, and I did. Mm-hmm. Let's go on a date. Are you still engaged? Right. Peter. I'm yeah, I'm not an empty seat anymore. I'm different. Punch me, and I bleed. And MJ responds, you fucking suck, Peter. You suck. And then walks away. But then she also goes, but he is different. Like, that's literally yeah, right. Hey, you are different. figure out fucking what MJ is, yeah. please, somebody. Yeah. MJ is a dynamic character in every part of Spider-Man lore except for these films. And just figure it out, please. Figure it out. Then the next day, a garbage man brings J. Jonah Jameson in the spider suit. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's the Spider-Man suit. And not one person stops to think, are we sure this is the real Spider-Man suit? Has it not like, been, like, maybe replicated? Maybe other suits? Like, yeah. oh, this one suit in the dress. It's game over. Now, the he way I can this off is... Spider-Man no more. It's J. Jonah Jameson. They're trying to, like, any salacious headline they can get, whether or not he shows up the next day. That's one day of selling newspapers. Uh, I will say that I could get more than that on eBay is a reference to the fact that four of the original Spider-Man suits from the first movie were stolen, and one of that off of set, and one of them wound up on eBay. That's so amazing. Funny. I bought it. Uh... And the next day, we see the papers roll out. Spider-Man No More. We get another banger scene with the best character in this movie, the violin singer. And she's like, where has Spider-Man gone? And then uh, uh, then Peter walks by the alleyway. Yeah. Hey, we all love J.K. Simmons, right? Yeah. And we think his J. Jonah Jameson is pitch perfect, right? Great. Great. Hey, what's going on with that scene where he puts on the spider suit right here? And he's sitting, he's on the desk, and he's flipping around. What's that about? I, That's I, a weird scene. I always thought <laughs> that it was a fever dream or it was a deleted scene. Deleted like, not a scene, I, just like they wait, shot it for fun. Did I miss this? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think I missed this, too. I think I this is in 2.1. They yeah. might have added it back in, but they shot a scene where, like, after he buys the suit... JJ is wearing it and jumps on his desk and is pretending to flip around and like Betty Brant and Robbie Robertson are like staring through the window like the blinds out. I've never seen this before. That's awesome. Oh, this this 
That's oh, wild, because this is something bust that will always pop up on Twitter, like, every once in a while. And I have never seen Until that. this most recent rewatch, I always thought it was just a deleted scene, like a gag, a spoof. Yeah, this isn't in the actual movie, but they put oh, it in the 2.1 version, and it is wild. It Weird. Good, oh, my God, I'm oh, looking up right now. That's awesome. Yeah, that's wild. It, it is a wild shot. I don't know if you can bring it up, Andy, but there uh him with a cigar in his mouth is amazing that's you know what i love about this is that means that jk simmons got to be fit for his own spider-man costume and that must have been such a cool moment for him hey man i just watched him on the show uh uh what movie oh no and he's jacked he's always been jacked yeah he's he's uh he's a built dude in, did you see it? Like in Whiplash, he's just like in that tight black T-shirt the whole time, just like rippling. And no, you're just like, "Damn, abusive teacher, you strong." No, rippling. I in, in the final season of Goliath, and he played the the bad guy, he played the big bad in that, and he's just constantly. I don't know if he wrote this into his contract, but I swear to God, every third scene he's working out. Like he's, he's literally jacked. working out in the scene. I'm like, what? Kate Johnson genius. is jacked as hell. What is genius? Yeah, here we there go. There it is. Andy. This is absolutely amazing. So it's it's again it's, it's felt, always felt like a fever dream watching it back in the day. I never knew if it was real or not. <laughs> it was very real. Uh, okay, right, I'm glad that we have confirmation that it's not in theatrical though. That's a good yeah. but that was a smart decision to not put it in theatrical. Um back to the plot. Uh we get another shot of the woman with the violin singing OG Spider Man song. Still love that. Uh papers roll out Spider Man, no more. Peter sees the dude getting his ass kicked in the alleyway and is like, Nope, I can't help. <laughs> hey Peter, guess what? You can still call the cops. You're still, still law enforcement. And you're still a fucking human being, right? He's like, oh, I gotta be fine. <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> Weirdo. Anyway, Peter, uh, then the next day, or later that day, Peter finally comes clean to Aunt May, tells him it's his fault that Uncle Ben died, and she straight up walks out on him. Uh, Doc Ockard builds his machine while Harry obsesses over Spider-Man. Bernard tries to tell him some fucking weird shit's going down, and Harry's just like, shut up, Bernard. Go pound sand. <laughs> And we can all agree Bernard sucks in this, too, because it's like, dude, you know what's going on, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Doc Ock comes over for a what visit. What does that line read? He's uh, one of he's... those ones. I want to know if he's a friend of Raimi, too, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was one of your classic Hollywood actors that you love, Carbone. Because he just like, comes in. No, I have Titanic no idea originally. who that guy is. And he walks in, he's like, at least your father only obsessed That's about the Disney. It's such there. a weird line. I fucking hated that moment so much. Like, where did you well, come from? Yeah, are, are you somebody's grandpa that, you know, whatever? Franco's having enough problems in this movie without getting a scene partner like Bernard. You know what I mean? We don't need to double down on this. Um, Doc Ock rebuilds his machine, uh, comes, and then he comes over to visit to get more tritium from uh, Harry, uh, and then they strike a deal. He says, bring me Spider-Man, and I'll give you all the tritium you could ever want, except we have already established only about 25 pounds of this bad boy on all of Earth. So it's going to be that. That's it. Start with Peter Parker, and he goes, as he's walking away, he turns back and says, have it ready. Don't hurt Peter, says Harry, after throwing Harry under the bus, or after throwing Peter under the bus. Just dumb. Again, commit to this character being a bad guy. Why are we trying to make him redeemable? Anyway, Peter sees uh, a fire and can't help can't help himself. There's a kid stuck on the second floor. Remember what happened last time? Watch out for goblins. Uh, he runs in, and despite not having any spider strength, still manages to save the kid, or rather, I should say, be saved by the kid, because this two-year-old has unbelievable strength to be able to pull him up from this fire. She just now grabs he, his thumb and, like, muscles him up. I'm like, he doesn't actually pull him up. Just, <laughs> it, was, just, it was symbolic. It, she didn't really she pull him up. up. And then they, they do the... No, no, no. Absolutely not. Giant I will not allow this. This is another one Peter of your Parker. things. 
You cannot have this. The child does not pull Peter Parker off. She, 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 she held him up by his throat, and she was like, next time, you better get here quicker. Because if I get here quicker, bro, bro. Of course, he makes it out alive, as he does so, and he overhears uh, two firefighters saying, uh, uh, unfortunately, someone did die in that fire. Which is fucked up. And, like, fucked up. and look, here's the thing. Like, I... I think this movie missed out on a lot of opportunities, as we've already talked about. But I, like, I don't need to see somebody burning alive, but I need to have the grief of like hearing somebody else there, Peter realizing he can't get to them in time because mm-hmm. he isn't at full power. And like, I need that grief. I I don't like want just somebody to say that somebody died. I kind of like right. I need, need that, that really guy. like holy shit, this is really fucked up. And that's true. If only he was Spider-Man, he could have done something. But he just he's lost all his power. And I need that to hit harder there. And it just doesn't quite hit hard. It, hard it is especially in the movie. Where Doc violently kills everybody earlier in this in the scene. Like, how are you well, gonna have the fingernails but not have this? When you got Alfred Molina. Just just squeezing the juice out of every scene. You can't have this thing where, where Toby is, he just stares off, and we're supposed to figure out what Spider-Man's internal monologue is. Mm-hmm. He does a lot mm-hmm. of that in the first one, and I feel like this is one of those moments where he does that again, and I'm like, Toby, you need to give me a little bit more than just staring off and not blinking, because that's the same thing you do when MJ says that she doesn't want to go to dinner with you, and I need to understand that there's more going on here. Yeah. Uh, you like to turn around. Yeah, I was gonna say I do like to turn around with him being like, "Oh shit, I did it! Like I don't need to be Spider Man. I was able to save this person as Peter Parker." And then getting that news of, "Oh no, you fucked up!" Like, oh no, you could have done more though. You could have done more. Somebody right. died because you weren't at your full at your full level. Like yeah. I, I, I like the you know like just the turnaround of it. I also yeah. forgot how the scene was was sort of um, set up because I he saves the girl, he gives her the daughter back to the parents. And he just runs off. I was like, damn, you're really not going to stick around for questions? Like, they should probably want to talk to you or maybe. And the next thing he's there, like, he's bundled up with the ambulance. <laughs> it looked like he just ran away. Like, I got to get off of, away from the scene. Uh, and yeah. then immediately was, like, being questioned there, like, just kind of bundled up. He's got a bunch of blankets on, a little cup of cocoa, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very weird. Uh, of course, he says to himself, am I not supposed to have what I want, what I need? What am I supposed to do? Uh, and then we get another That's a good room. moment. That's a good Peter Parker moment. It's something that is missing from a lot of these later films. That's all I'm going to say. Is that the one that he's talking out the window? Yeah. Decent writing, horrible performance. I fucking hate this. God damn, I hate this. Damn, it's so okay, bad. So you guys I can't stand on the opposite side of it. <laughs> uh, then we get a really weird scene where Peter and his landlord's daughter eat chocolate cake together. And she's like, oh, I got a message for you. It's from your Aunt May. When he opens it up, it says, you suck, Peter. You fucking suck. No, The fact that Aunt May is, is like, mad at Peter for the, the Uncle Ben thing is, like, I understand the trauma is difficult and everybody deals with it in different ways. It is just simply unbelievable the way she walks away from him and then is oh. not mad at him for just ditching her at the bank. Like, it, oh. Anyway, Aunt May has decided to move out of her house with the help of Henry Jackson from across the street, who I assume is a comic book character, uh, because I, I think a lot so. of the so. I think that's just little Henry he's Jackson. Sam Raimi friends, not a character. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, so like, you know Henry Jackson? Henry Jackson who's like this, that, and that. Henry Jackson, and they mentioned his name like 500. I was like, this kid's going to be, he's got to be a Spider-Man variant, right? Guess not. Anyway, Aunt May, Aunt May tells him uh, that he did the right thing telling the truth and that she loves him, uh, but unfortunately he still blows. Uh, no, JK, they hug, and it's nice, and Peter gets mad that Aunt May gave away his comic books, and then Henry asks where Spider-Man went, and he goes, uh, he quit. And then Henry goes, he'll be right, he'll be back, right? Uh, and then Henry wants to be Spider-Man, and he's like, 
I don't know, man. Fuck, kid. I don't know anything. And, and then kid, Henry goes away. Why is this? This is another one of those kids. This is another one of those New Yorkers that's just like, hey, man, I don't really know you, but I got five minutes of things to say to you yeah. right now that yeah, are very important. But also, <laughs> but also, like, almost better performance than anything Toby does in this movie. Like, well, this kid, like, pretty decent actor. Like, wow. <laughs> we got to figure out this. We got to put this kid in more scenes, you know? We, uh, I mean, look, I, I'm bagging on Toby in this one, too, but he's not as He's not he's not that bad, but yeah, I it's, guess it's I guess it's just the last scene that we just saw him talking out the window, the one that like you really like and I really don't like. I just yeah. the delivery there was just so it, okay. it really felt like I'm just kind of reading through a script right here uh, and mm-hmm. very poorly. But I mean, uh, more than Henry Jackson, this is where Aunt May just goes off, and I I like this because. Yes, this is one of those scenes where we are hinting at the fact that Aunt May already knows, right? But also, damn, Aunt May, did have you been going to, like, Rotary Club meetings? Are you, like, learning public speaking? Have you been, have you been up on Skillshare? You want, would you like me to read, I swear to God, the paragraph of dialogue that she has? Please do, in this please. Next. She says, read Lord your Rosemary knows. Harris voice. Lord knows that she's like Henry in a hero, setting examples. For all of us, everyone loves a hero. People line up for a man. They cheer for them. They scream their name. And years later, they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one that taught them to hold on for a second longer. I believe in heroes. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride. Even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the things we want the most, even our dreams. Break this down for a second. Let's Let's break this down for a second. She starts by saying there's a hero in all of us. Heroes yeah. give us, you know, inspire us, right? They inspire us to do better. And then yeah. she says, hey, but guess what? Sometimes you have to give up your dreams to be a hero. Mm-hmm. It goes dark at the end here. And Peter's like, yeah. what, what are you talking about here, Aunt May? Like, what are we saying? Like, Listen, do you know that is the subtext of a woman who all of a sudden, during her retirement years, had to take on an orphan that she did not plan for that right. destroyed her retirement. I'm party. a hero for Uncle you. Ben, Uncle I am, Ben and I used to have an open Sometimes you got to do shit you don't want to do. Exactly. That's so true. Uh, of course, Peter's like, I am strong. I have focus now, gang. He takes to the roof. Strong focus on what I want. He runs in slow motion. And, man, watching Toby Maguire run in slow motion is something. Too bad he falls on his ass. Uh, hey, we cut back over to him. Fun, fun fact about this. He says, strong focus, strong focus. Jumps and says, I'm back. And then he hits his back on a Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's, that's really good. Well, he, though they, they call it the lines there. He goes, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And then when he hits the thing, and he, he goes, he goes back, oh, my back, my, my back. back. And it no, shows that it's a Ford Focus. No, no that's, that's amazing. Like, in the damn, this movie got jokes. In the alternate take, Andy, he goes, ah, my back, Ford Focus. They're <laughs> like, no, you don't have to say no, anything you that's around you, Toby. <laughs> Focus. And then, Spider-Man. because that's Toby. not enough in this movie full of very good jokes, he also, like, tries to lean up against one of the cars and sets the alarm, alarm off because fuck Peter Parker. <laughs> that's a, I love that moment. That's a really, I love that moment. I, again, just like other sequences in this movie, they don't quite hit the mark for me. I think that there could have been a bit more there cadence-wise to, like, the parallels are obviously there. I'm back, my back, obvious, right? But, like, it needs my to neck. be more blatant. 
my my <laughs> pussy and my crack. For commit again. I had to commit. I had to commit. Uh, I just I just I needed, I needed a bit more from Toby there, like a line delivery wise, to kind of make those parallels a lot more obvious and a lot more I don't know modern in terms of how comedy is done nowadays. But you don't get that for fifteen mil. You only get that for twenty five mil. <laughs> sure, or ten percent of the total growth. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we cut over to MJ and uh, Jameson as they're planning their wedding, and MJ's like, I need to do something for him. She tries a little upside down kiss with him, but the feeling just isn't there for her. Uh, the next day, MJ calls Peter for a coffee date and is like, listen, I've come to the conclusion that I love you. I may be rushed into things. All right, my brain was playing tricks on me, Peter. I think I like you. And then Peter's like, fuck. I just decided I want to be Spider-Man again. So I may be rushed into things, too. I thought I could be there for you, but I can't. My mind it's is exhausting. Too. It's exhausting. And I'm like, who fucking – at this point, who cares? I'm and so then tired. I'm just says, so tired. She looks him in the eyes and she says, I just fucking called off my wedding for you, you little brat. I'm going to go see you. if the astronaut will take me back. Of course she didn't. She had to bed. She's not fucking stupid. Anyway, yeah. she says, listen, I usually MJ's always got three, MJ's always got at least two in the chamber. <laughs> well, she's being constantly oh, screwed yeah. over by these idiot guys, so of course yeah. she is. What are you, going to blame her for that? It's well, first Harry, now this guy. Then yeah. fucking Flash is out there in his PT Cruiser just ripping around town. <laughs> I hope he's still out there in his PT Cruiser. <laughs> he's definitely. His dad bought him one car, and he was like, I'm not buying you another car. You're a fucking loser, Flash. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she goes, I want you to do something for me. Kiss me. I need to know something. This is like, so weird. It's very weird, right? But especially since Sam Raimi was like, listen, listen, guys, Kirsten Dunst, a very capable actress, a very good-looking human being, but nobody looks good close up when they're closing their eyes and coming in for a kiss. They all look like Greg Miller going, it's weird. Did I? And then we get, then we cut to Tobey Maguire. I'm like, am I supposed to be really uncomfortable in the scene? Because that's what the cinematography is doing here for me. Did I hallucinate? And did we pass the scene with Ashaw Man and the Upside Down Kiss? Yeah, yeah, I talked about that a little. Oh, bit. sorry yeah. about that. My, I just, okay. I blanked over that. But. Yeah. But what um, did he do wrong there? <laughs> nothing. He's just smoking. He, he just smoke wasn't. What do you he, want? A, he didn't have the stuff. He's just. He has, not, he has, he has a Spider-Man. Spider <laughs> uh, you have to Tobey Maguire's lips. Andy, let me explain. Let me explain to you what this guy did wrong. Okay. As soft as his skull. He went to at least, at least <laughs> four, if not eight years of education to get the degrees necessary and flight school to get the degrees necessary to become a person who could go out of the stratosphere of the earth to a different fucking planet. That's what this mm -hmm. guy did. And to boot, he's tall. Yeah, okay. real tall. So can he shoot white stuff out of his wrist? That's true. Oh. Not, no. I mean, it depends on your explanation. It depends on your explanation of, of hey, what, what, about that, what happens after this kiss, though. Uh, anyway, near kiss. Do they kiss? Is everything they fine? They almost kiss, and then uh, guess what? Right as they're about to kiss, something starts to tingle. Something starts to tingle. Uh, they're Tim, but it's a spider sense, unfortunately. And they die. And I love this fucking shot. This man. is a great shot. Out of nowhere, and he dives and saves her from getting just. Mirrored onto the concrete. There's a reason a they reuse this in Spider Verse. This is so it's iconic. So cool. So cool. Uh, we get more stock screens here as Lagox makes is like comes in and uh, the uh, crash zoom footsteps, my dude. I love it. Uh, he grabs Peter, tells so he says, Peter, you gotta go grab find Spider Man, and I'm gonna take MJ for insurance. Uh, and then he brings I the house down on Peel Peter. Peel the skin off of her flesh. Pink, 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 pink. The one thing that I wanted in this scene that I didn't get is Peter trying to appeal to Otto. That's all. Just a little bit. He, mm -hmm. He's immediately angry at Otto. 
I mean, no, I just that's, that's car not a you. Peter. That's not a Peter thing. That's all. Your car item, you know what I mean? This movie uh, doesn't count. Peter uh, Spider-Man, they're the same. Also, we're, this movie's two hours and seven minutes long. At this point, they were like, well, let's cut, cut, cut the shit. Let's get up. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the fight scenes. Um, Doc Ock climbs up at the scales of the building with MJ in tow, and then so Peter rad. bursts out of the rubble like the Incredible Hulk with, I kid you not, just a fan blowing his hair up to let you know how much, how much that inertia was and he gets pissed off and as he walks out everything's blurry until he takes off his signature Peter Parker glasses and then everything becomes clear. Because MJ is an object. Dude, I don't (laughs) care. She's a means to an end. I don't care what happened before this Carboni. This part's fucking hype as shit. No, it's hype as shit until he drops the glasses and they land on the ground and just one of the glasses just pops out and it's very basic and uh, non dramatic. I <laughs> felt so flat. Okay. I just. Mm, two things. Two things about this. Number one. <laughs> number one. The the Spider. thing where like uh, Jonah is is about to make a turnaround on Spider on Spider Man and Spider Man steals his suit back. And leaves the Love note, it. and Love that it. note, I'm just going to say, more like Peter Penmanship, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that man. note was flawlessly drawn. Like, say, like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, it was like Walt Disney himself wrote every letter of that shit. The kerning, uh, the line width, it, and everything perfect, flawless. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but, he took his time on that letter for somebody who, like, his girl just got snatched up by Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that came back when his when his vision came back was his perfect spider penmanship. You may not remember the the scientist in the first film. This spider can jump. This spider turns invisible. This spider can write a thank you card like you've never seen in your life. <laughs> calligraphy. Like, it's a lost art. <laughs> this spider does calligraphy. The second thing that I want to say is this fight. No matter what yeah, else tonally right. is going on in this movie, this moment of Doc Ock on this fucking clock tower Hard carry. with something. I had wanted to see since I was a child. We get these moments all the time now where these childhood dreams that were in comic books come true. This shit blew my mind. It ripped. This is everything I wanted. Uh, Of course. Again, a hard carry for a lot of the movie. (laughs) This this whole sequence rules. Uh, They tumble down the side of the clock tower onto a train. We get the moving train sequence where Doc Ock decides to start throwing human beings at Peter as he's swinging back to the train. And he he like he keeps grabbing them, webbing them, and webbing them up and saving them. Uh, Gets back onto the train. This is real shit, man. It's great fight. Where again we get more of the we get more of him like catapulting himself in and out. Uh, Of course, Doc Ock gets uh, gets understands right. He understands he's seen Superman too. The movie. He's like, oh, his weakness is these humans, right? So he decides to just. Break the brake on the train and it starts going. And again, I'm gonna put it out there. I love New York. I'm gonna put. I love New York. I love New York. Blessing. Great city. Yeah, we owe the shirts. Yeah, great city. Right. Who designed the subway system to just dead end 45 feet above the fucking ground? (laughs) Who did that? I had the same question. I was like, is this real? Does that happen? No. Is that not real? No. How is that? That's what train tracks work. New York (laughs) hasn't even had an. New York hasn't even had an elevated train since like I think the 70s. Like they had to shoot that in Chicago and then like composited into New York. But like my favorite thing about this scene is Doc Ock casually softball tossing the throttle from the train to Peter. Like just such a gleeful fucking cartoon character. You know what what he says? You know what he says? You have a train to catch. Ah! Alfred Molina giving the Oscar. Amazing. Uh, Of course, with the breakup. Best Spider-Man in the movie, Alfred Molina. (laughs) 
Uh, with the brakes out, Peter has no choice but to be Jesus Christ himself. That's right. He goes up to the front of the train, and he's like, I got to stop this thing. And he starts just shooting. He shoots two webs, and he's like, not enough. I'm going to shoot all the webs at it. And then Tobey Maguire lets out a guttural scream as he ends up stopping the thing from falling over the cliff. But then, of course, the exertion, he passes out, only to be caught by the good people of New York themselves. They pull him onto the train, and they pull little Neo, where they pull him up, and he's kind of got that little Jesus pose a little bit. And they so pull it's very over the top. But when they put him down, I like the shot of them looking over at him, and one guy goes, he's just a kid. He's like, and I like that. And then, of course, Peter wakes up and realizes that for some stupid reason, he took his mask off. Uh, and look at this guy. Like, oh, he's shit. just 41 years old. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. That's Toby McGuire. Of course, two little kids come over, and they give him this mask back, and they say, don't worry, we're not going to tell anyone. Those two kids are Toby McGuire's brothers. Really? Yes, nice. and listen, cool. hi, everybody, I have a special guest for us. Oh. Hold on. Oh. Because, because, look, we've been talking a lot about these Spider-Man New Yorkers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, these Spider-Man New Yorkers who, like, if you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York, and we love Spider-Man, and I've, we've always wondered, what is going through the mind of a Spider-Man New Yorker? And we have one right here. On the phone, ladies and gentlemen, Chloe Dykstra was on this train for real. Yes, thank you very much. I am a real-life Spider-Man New Yorker right here in the flesh. And uh, let me let me ask you this, Chloe. You, I think, I saw you step into scene here this time, and, and I said, was this shot during the literal most awkward phase of your awkward phase? Is that when this, wow. was it 2004? I wish I could say that it was. Uh, but it's approaching. Yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you: When you, because you step out and you are one of the, you are one of the New Yorkers that says, Chloe Dykstra, if you're going to, if you're going to get Spider-Man, you're going to have to go through me. And you step out in your very '90s fucking like thick-rimmed, narrow glasses, and you oh, say, yeah. "Me too." What's your motivation? What are you thinking as an actor right there? What, as a Spider-Man New Yorker, what are you thinking? As a Spider-Man New Yorker, I'm probably thinking, boy, okay, first of all, I'm thinking, boy, wouldn't it be nice to actually eat some lunch right now? Because that's what I assume all, what all New Yorkers thinking all the time because they love lunch. Uh-huh. Um, second of all, um... And you were probably on that train for 16 hours that day <laughs> making, like, extra rate. <laughs> I lived in that train for two weeks. Uh, it was great. Wow. I, I had a bunch of roommates. Uh, we had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Hey... Is Toby Maguire a dick? No, he was great. Okay. I, uh, I, I saw him on the other... I remember I saw him uh, uh, reading a Nintendo Power, and I went, oh... I'm holding his back. We are the same, which we were not, but I did think that we were the same. Wait, he was on set reading a Nintendo Power he magazine? Was. Yes, he was. Uh, uh, yes. All right, do we take back everything we've been saying about <laughs> Toby Maguire, guys? Have you been shooting on Toby Maguire? Well, here's the thing. Toby yeah, Maguire very famously yeah. faked a back injury to kind of get more money. We hold oh, it against I, him. I was not aware of that. <laughs> yeah. And also and also we don't like we don't like the toxic masculinity of this first trilogy. And we blame Toby Maguire a little bit. Yeah, but you haven't third in a trilogy yet. No, we haven't. It just goes right out the window there, right? Yeah, it gets better. Don't worry. The third one's where it peaks. Um, <laughs> Chloe, I noticed that famous voice actor and nerd Phil Lamar is also yes. a Spider-Man New Yorker on this train. The voice of Hermes from Futurama yes. is the first person. 
He's pretty the, much everyone ever, yeah. Yeah, he's the first person to Jesus Peter Parker up from the train. How the fuck did Phil Lamar wind up on this on this train know. with a non-speaking role? I, I don't know, and that I was like, I think I was fifteen or sixteen when we shot this, and I was a huge fan of Mad TV, and I remember going, "Why are you here? You're just the greatest." Um, and uh, I think probably, I assume probably had a bigger part originally that just got you know like that sort of got minimized a little bit. But, like, I, I remember I became real good friends with Phil while I was on that train, and we're still good friends to this day, like, partially, because we, we uh, had a little trauma bond on that train together. That's amazing. Did you get to see the practical tentacles? I don't remember. I think we did. Yeah, I also had a, I had my own stunt double, which was crazy. Not even, uh, Rosemary Harris did her own <laughs> stunt, and you couldn't do your own stunt. Aunt May did her own stunt. Okay, hold on, let's talk about Spider-Man 1 for a second, because you didn't call me during the scene that I was in in Spider-Man 1. Chloe Dykstra, where are you in Spider-Man 1? Surprise, I was in the gondola. I constantly need to be saved by Spider-Man. You are, you are in the Roosevelt tram? Yes. The one that they're just going to gently lower onto a yeah. tiny barge? And let me tell you, it was the most fun shoot of my life because there was no safety. They just tilted the whole thing sideways. So, like, it was like a like an hourglass, like 20 children just sliding down the bottom of the train. It was so much fun. Awesome. Wow. This is Chloe, blowing my mind. Chloe Dykstra, do you have, is there any one memory that you, yeah, enhanced, because we found it. We found it. You're standing You're standing three people behind Big Pussy. Oh, my God. No, that's not, that's not, that's not Big Pussy. Wait, is big, wait, are is we that not, no, is that's that actually, not Big Pussy? It's commonly are we talking about that's Joe Joey in Diaz. the front? Sorry, yeah. Joey Diaz, not Big Pussy. Joey Diaz. Big, big, big Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so he, um, yeah, I have a couple different, I actually, for you, Anthony Carboni, pulled up my old live journal um, and an entry that I found. A couple entries, actually, from 2003. Did you live so, journal this? I did. I did live journal this, uh, and I pulled some choice licks, uh for you. Please. Uh, which was, and I'll see if I found some. Okay. So I'm just going to read directly from this, um, so forgive me. Uh, <laughs> or forgive 15-year-old Chloe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we played gags on the director. One time, we were all restless and hungry. While half the cast and crew had gone to lunch, speaking of lunch, uh, the rest of us were waiting at set for Sam. This is Sam Raimi. Obviously, mm-hmm. we were on a first-name basis at this point. Yeah, um, of course. So to repay him, we all pretended to be asleep. All of us. There were about 150 people scattered about the floor, lying down and snoring. Poor Sam had to step over the crew to get to the train, in which all of the actors were asleep as well. Um, and I also said, it's very fun to torture Chad. I think torture means flirt with Toby Standen, who looks exactly like him while rehearsing. Oh, a poor guy. Uh, but I, I remember, so this is not talking about, ba- uh, this is talking about Joey, which was, there's one real New Yorker on set. He always calls me Avril. Uh, <laughs> 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 he me and starts singing Avril Lavigne songs. Oh, that's such a fucking dunk. Always asking about myself class and always asking me what I'm doing after work as very cute in a cutesy way. Okay, he okay. Says, he says the F word every other sentence, even when filming, and he talks really loud. He keeps kissing my hand. Ew, it's all slobbery, but he's my favorite. Oh, no. Um, and then the last thing I'll put, this is a real sign of the times. Uh, I wrote, I believe this is my last day of shooting. I got a line. 
thanks to dad. I'm grateful to him, but I also don't like being known as Dykstra's daughter. Just yeah. in case you guys didn't wonder why, or wondering why I was inspired. Oh, no, we, we, we know. We know what happened. Yeah. Um, the inventor of the lightsaber yeah. uh, puts you in. Yeah. Of course. Um, I did not audition for this. Uh, well, my line is me, too. This comes after Joey says, you want to get to him, you got to go through us. Some other guy says, and me. And then I say my line, woot, woot, maybe I'll get in the credits. <laughs> o dot O. Woot, woot, because it was a live journal. I love this. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Chloe. That's amazing. Would you, would, you, would you say that this was a formative moment in your life? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I consider myself a real New Yorker now. Yeah, that's allowed. You you either have to live in New York for 10 years or meet Spider-Man once, so you did it. I, I met him twice, and I saved him the second time. That's true. Yeah. What's your feeling on Spider-Man 2? I loved I actually really liked it. I mean, not to be, I'm obviously biased, but I thought that was a really fun superhero movie. Uh, the third one went real off the rails, but, uh, but I did like the second one. Are you in lot. the third one? Ask her if she's in the third one. Are you in the third one? <laughs> I'm not. No, um, I am not in the third one. But I did show up and drag me to hell afterwards. So. Oh, fun! Can I love that. Her, can you ask her to say if you mess with one of us, yeah, you mess with all of us? Me every, just, oh. All right, now c- come and be in this particular scene. Almost die in this scene, if you will. Please. I love that. So, okay, yeah. Chloe, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to set you up, and we're going to want you to reenact this powerful moment. Okay. okay Here we go. Okay, okay. Here we go. <laughs> If you want to get, if you, he's a New Yorker. If you want to get to him, you got to go through me and me. And, wait, fuck, sorry. <laughs> you need, yeah, should we go from one? Should we go from one? Let me take it. Yeah. Reset sorry, one, sorry. Her dad invented the lightsaber. We're going to go for, we're going to go for another take. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> if you want to get him, you got to go through me and me. Me too. Oh, sorry. That was my that was my New Yorker accent coming through. My real New Yorker. Oh, I you know I believed it. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. I could. You did, the motivation was there, Chloe. Thank you so much for sharing your 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 stories from Spider Man and your live journal. What's the URL to that live journal so we can just check it out after? <laughs> oh, what's not? <laughs> we just want to put it. We're just gonna try to put it. We're gonna put it in the show notes so if you can just email that to me. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Utterly fantastic. Uh, Andy, can you imagine you bring it on that train for two weeks? That's I, I can. Can you bring it up one more time, Andy? The the image uh, where you see Chloe. Are you trying to tell me that the girl to her right is not Barbara Dunkelman? Uh, <laughs> a lot of like B-Dunks, yeah. For Dude, sure. like, it, like, go left and right a little bit, Andy? Like, it's fucking weird. Oh, like here? Yay! Barb would have been Barb would have been like, twelve when this movie. Not, came not left out. and right that way. Left and right in the the play button. I mean, she, oh, looks, she does look like yeah, she does look like Barb B. Dunks up there. That looks like Barb. That's oh yeah, Barb. the eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's weird because it looks oh, like Barb was <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, my favorite is, guy. Why is the brother from Arrested Development in this? Movie? Okay, uh, <laughs> let's move on yeah. with the plot. Uh, the kid says, "Hey, it's good to have you back, Spider-Man." He's like, "Oh, cool." And then Doc Ock interrupts him to get this whole scene we're talking about, where Chloe Dykstra is a star, and he's like, "He's like, you got to miss, you miss one of us, you miss all of us." And, and Doc Ock again, another great Alfred Molina line. Fine. Fuck you, and then just spreads them apart and grabs Spider-Man, right. knocks his ass out. Correcting the correcting the problem of the goblin being hit by a big gulp cup and flying away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I love that they they flipped that on. They were like, we understand that that was a little corny. Here's what an actual fucking villain is going to do in mm-hmm. this situation. Just right. goes very well. Cool. And apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. Apparently, everyone uh, of the New Yorkers left their uh, lead pipes at home. 
Remember, right. remember, as a New Yorker, you get you mm. get your lead pipe when you walk in. Harry, you can go pick one up. You can go pick one up from any uh, police station. You, <laughs> you do. It comes with one of those. You can get free condoms. You can get free condoms and a rebar from any police station Absolutely. or uh, urgent care. Uh, later that night, Doc drops Spidey off at Harry's, and Harry's like, finally, and he grabs a dagger, and he's like, I'm going to stab Spider-Man. I'm like, okay. Uh, until he takes off the mask and realizes it's Peter. He's like, Peter? <gasps> what are you doing? Are you Spider-Man? And Peter wakes up and just bursts out of the, uh, the, the I guess, the whatever is, is, is around him. What was it? Uh, it was like, it was just like barbed wire. Yeah, barbed wire. Barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for the word in here, Anthony. It didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, holy shit, wait, Peter? You're Spider-Man? You killed my dad. And again, this is the part where Peter can be like, let's sit for a second and talk about this. But instead he's like, we just don't have time for this, man. And he's like, can you just give me like a little, like, did it, how did that go down? He's like, wish I could tell you. I just, we don't have time. It's going to take right now. 30 seconds. Yeah. Really make seconds. those 30 seconds. And tell him that your dad was a psychopath, and I'm sorry, he probably made me promise, but... He's like, we just don't have time. I was going to blow up the whole city. I got to know where MJ is. And he's like, okay, she's over at the dock. And then we cut over to the dock, or Peter tries to sneak in. And he's, and he's like, Spider-Man's dead. And he's like, hey, I'm not really dead. And MJ's like, oh, what's up? And then Otto's like, oh, you're right there. So they start fighting. <laughs> hey, can I just point out that you can't kidnap MJ or put her in danger unless it looks like a wet T-shirt contest? Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, hey. Otto is in the same building. He's dry. He's wearing four layers. Dry as a bone. MJ Why is. is she? The water's not even hitting her from that leak. Why? You don't got to point anything out when them things are pointing out. All right? We know. Why? It is so obvious. She doesn't and have to like, I know they give the explanation of, oh, you would just go to the police, which is a decent thing to throw in there. But she could have dropped her off anywhere and, like, <laughs> yeah. had just gone and done his thing. And it wouldn't have made a difference. The only reason she was there was to be a damsel. I want yeah. to point out that she is not only sopping wet, but she's also dirty. And okay, I don't know Nick. what that okay. means. I feel like we're all saying one thing <laughs> and another thing. They I, feel like we're, I feel like we're all, like the subtext of what we're saying is one thing, and you are getting something totally different out of it. <laughs> I thought it was very weird that they smeared mud on her arms. I was like, what did she go, what did she go through in between, like, the, the cafe and Ryan's own. Perfectly clean. She's just glistening. And she's got, they like smeared mud on her. It was weird. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I would have loved Toby to be like, wait, why aren't you wet and like dirty yeah. and gross? And like, and the robot right? arms being like, no, we're washing it. Like, we washed them off. We cleaned like, them off. The robot arms is like, grab her and just smear her on the ground <laughs> and then put her up. Like, why is she like this? Yeah. And uh, they fight, and the fight goes into the water, and then Peter does this, yada, yada. Meanwhile, the fusion machine is on, and it's sparking, and it's getting bigger, and now it's self-sufficient. Um, One of my the, favorite uh, shots in any of these three films is Otto with the savage throw of Peter through the stained glass window, right, like 100 feet into the air. I'm just like... Boy, they really learned how to make a Spider-Man movie in between this first one and this second one, huh? Like, oh, that's wait. a moment. It was great. Uh, and then we actually get a little, we actually finally, and I'm not saying this is a great moment, but it's a step forward, get a little moment with MJ where she's like, he goes, run. And she goes, or I'll pick up a log and try to fucking hit this dude in the head and end this thing right now. Uh, of course, it doesn't go well, but kudos to MJ for trying to, you know, or at least the writers for having her contribute a little bit to the uh, the climax of this movie, even though she gets knocked out. Uh, and then the whole place is about to go down. Uh, Peter, I think, electrocutes Otto, and his, his arms go down for a hot second. And then Peter's like this. You know what, guys? Leap of faith here. Now's that time I'm going to talk to him. Takes off the mask. And it's like, Otto, it's me, Peter, Peter Parker. And I was like, oh, the lazy one. Peter's like, 
you know, like, whatever. Like, uh, brilliant. Yeah. He goes, no, lazy. He goes, hey, you know what? Fuck you, Otto. Fuck you. That's what he said. It's better um, than punching me in the face with metal. So, sure. Yeah, I guess that's fine. Uh, uh, so he's like, you want... And he's like tries to appeal to him. He's like, those things don't, they don't, uh, they don't, uh, you know. You once spoke to me about intelligence. This is, the, it was a gift to be used for good of mankind. These things have turned you into something you're not. And he goes, it was my dream. And then he goes, to quote Aunt May. And then he just goes into the, the paragraph of information that yeah. Aunt May just said. Sometimes you guys who, who knew that it would be relevant so quickly? Have you heard Henry have Henry, Henry Jackson from across the street? Have you uh-huh. heard of this kid? Let me tell you a little story about Henry Jackson. Here, and poor Blessing's like, I have plans tonight. Uh, not anymore, Blessing. Not anymore. Welcome. Yeah. Kind of funny. Anyway, uh, Otto's like, you're right. Um, he tries, he grabs him by the throat, but he's like, no, I can stop this. And he's like, you know what? The only way to stop this, actually, there is no way to stop a fusion bomb from going off, except... And only we had a big river. Oh, wait, the river. We yeah. can do that. We can just drown this thing. If you, goes, dunk, no. if you dunk the sun in water, you're fine. Hey, sure. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's a self-sustaining uh, millions and book, millions man. of small nuclear explosions happening, pushing out. And the only thing keeping them in is gravity, uh, keeping it in stasis. But I'm sure water would, would stop that, too. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, and he's like, no, no, no. I have to do this. Um, I have to do this. It's, it's on me. And then, of course, uh, we get this great character we, moment. He pushes like Peter aside, and as Peter turns, he looks over and he locks eyes with MJ. And she's like, fuck, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were Spider-Man. I did the upside-down kiss, but now I'm here. Uh, and then we, uh, But then a wall starts coming down, and Peter screams, no, just like Darth Vader did in that one movie that Anthony likes. And then uh, he jumps over and he grabs the wall. And then he's like, MJ, in case we die. And she says, you do love me. And he goes, I do. <laughs> Darth Vader? <laughs> no, where is Padme? And he's like, the wall's coming down. And someone grabs it. He's like, Emperor, I love you. No, this is me, the part me. of the film where the organic webs really make me ask questions because he makes that big ass web that they are hanging out on, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Peter, is this tiring for you? Where did this come from? What is it made of? How much do you have to eat tomorrow? How many calories is this web? Mm-hmm. Let's discuss. Part- MJ, are you not grossed? Are you not much heavy lifting? My mind does as I'm watching this movie because when I see them hanging out in the web, in my mind, I'm like, oh, because he got hit by, or because he got bit by the spider, he just has the interest to make webs in this very decorative way now. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know why my my brain was just like, I'll just go with it. You know, yeah, yeah, he doesn't shoot it out in that pattern. (laughs) No, he shoots it out as like carefully crafted thing. (laughs) It's like a string shot from Caterpie, right? It's like one stream. So he has to like take his time and make art, which I. For some reason, my mind was like, oh, no, it makes sense. Yeah. This this conversation, too, I'm just kind of like, the whole the whole thread of this conversation, and I'm glad that there's a bit where it calls back to this at the mm-hmm. very, very end, but mm-hmm. he does not give her a choice, which no. is a very big theme in this whole movie, is no, all this trilogy, is nobody thinks about MJ as a person. He's like, you can see why I'm Spider-Man, and so we can't make it work. I can't do that to you. You have no say in this. I got to go by. <laughs> oh, okay, like, man. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, he does the thing that we talked about a little bit earlier, which is like that sort of like unrequited love like thing that he does where he like puts the mask back on and looks over his shoulder one more time as the love of his life reunites with the astronaut. And then he swings away. And it's all so melodramatic. Um, cut over to Harry playing with his knife. And he starts hearing voices despite never having come in contact with a gobble of gas. And you're like, this makes no sense and is bonkers. But I am 
on it, man. Let's go. Shout out to Will McGill for making a cameo here. And he's like, he's like, you used to suck, kid. <laughs> he fucking sucked so bad. But you're not going to suck anymore right now. I come back from death to remind you that I'm disappointed. Uh, very funny thing is the whole reason this scene exists is Willem Dafoe was literally walking in New York, saw the crew, recognized some of them, and was like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? And went in to talk to them. And they were like, hey, Willem, do you want to do like a quick thing? Wow. And that's literally where this that. whole scene that's came incredible. from. That's incredible. That's so funny. No wonder it doesn't make sense. Not worth it. <laughs> legitimately, it was like, a, hey, like, let's get you on here and let's not explain it narratively at all. It's, all they had to no. do was like be like, oh, he's sleep deprived. That's yeah. why he's now seeing things. They didn't even or go as far as that. He hit a button and just goes into the thing and goes, oh, my God, my dad was Green Goblin. I can whatever. This this my dad is Green Goblin? People? Go for it. Go on. I was just going to say, this is Raimi inviting his old friends just like Bernard from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> This scene to me is emblematic of the Raimi Spider-Man movies, where it's like, it doesn't make sense, it's arguably bad, but it's fucking hype as hell, and it's exciting, and it's classic, and I'll never forget watching this in the theaters and being like, holy shit, they're doing it. They're doing the thing, and they're doing it in a way that is interesting in this movie universe, and it doesn't go that way, but it's just like, I hate that I feel like there always has to be buts and asterisks to talking about these movies, because it's like... As good as it is, it's not actually good. No. It's a great, yeah, it's a great sequence that lacks motivation. It also makes me wonder why Norman stored his pumpkin bombs that way. Like, it's just, just like... <laughs> you know why. <laughs> you know why. They're so organized. Like, like so was it made cleaning it? Like, it, I, I can't believe Norman Osborn as a billionaire. He's the gram, blast? Did he do yeah. it for the gram? And why does it look so clean and good? <laughs> why did he take his sweet time putting those things up? Harry, you are fucking worthless. Like, I was, Dad. Dad, why are they organized this way? Uh, you know, I just, I'm very OCD. I hate, I need to see them nice and perfect. Anything worth doing. We're doing right. Uh, of course, it ends with Harry grabbing the green novel and when he's like, no, I know it needs to be done. Therapy. Lots and lots of therapy. <laughs> uh, one the person day, go to therapy once challenge. <laughs> Jesus God. I mean, no, all these kids. Uh, MJ, the next day, ditches out on her wedding. The door is open. No one there except for one of the bridesmaids, who is an actress that's been in a bunch of stuff, and I meant to yeah. her name. Uh, She's the one she, that made the interesting hat choice in the previous scene. I, I, correct. I, I, there were so many opportunities to walk away from this wedding before this, MJ. Yep. MJ, you're kind of the worst. Day of, kind of the worst, right? Of course, she not only does she not tell John, she leaves him a note that he opens up, and we see a close-up line, and it says, you suck, John. You fucking yeah. suck. Yeah. Uh, and then Jameson, banger line from J.K. Simmons here, where he's like, call Deborah and tell her not to open up the caviar. I'm like, smart, man. Uh, MJ runs to New York with the most amazing filter on this camera that makes everything just glow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she heads straight Her up to Her whole life is in ProMist, like three stops of ProMist. And I love it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, she heads up to studio, Peter's studio apartment, and she says, had to do what I had to do. Peter, I can't survive without you. I know you think we can't be together, but can't you respect me enough to let me make my own decision? No, no one can. You're an object. Yes. She should have been like, oh, my God. I know there will be risks, but I want to face those risks with you. It's wrong that we should only be half alive, half ourselves. I love you, so here I am standing in your doorway. I've always been standing in your doorway. Isn't it about time somebody saved your life? Now, that's very unhealthy. Yes. (laughs) That's extremely unhealthy. (laughs) Very unhealthy. Uh, Say something. And he says, thank you, Mary Jane Watson. And then they kiss. But right on cue. Sirens ring out in the distance, and Peter shoots MJ that look, to which she replies, 
go get him, Tiger. Cool. And shit. all of a sudden, oh, all yeah. is forgiven. Fucking all. <laughs> and this movie is awesome. It's you wanna, so good. Uh, you want to talk about a perfect delivery from one Kirsten Dunst? Just go fucking get it. Just it's like that's the thing. If you're about to go into like a football game or one of your basketball games, and you're like, yeah, I need one of my menstruation, and your girlfriend looks at you like that and says. Go get him, Tiger. You're like, I'm about to fucking rip someone's yeah. foot off. Man. I'm about to get a triple-double, dude. Bigger than dude. that, though, it's not a basketball game, and it's not it's not football. It's none of that. It's fucking Spider-Man, and he jumps out the window, and he starts swinging, and then there's fucking attack American helicopters flag. behind yeah. him. And, and American flag. Like, Let's go. And then he lands the American flag, and it's just like, yeah, fuck everybody, okay? okay. And it's hype. And then... We get another great decision where we cut back. We don't. We don't end on that. We're like, oh, we're going to end on this American flag sequence with the helicopters. No, we cut back to Mary Jane with a very somber look on her face as she stares off into the distance, and that's it. What I really dashboard, dashboard take it away. What I really, really want to happen is uh, we we all know the the very infamous sequence in Batman vs Superman, the Martha moment. Mm-hmm. I want there to be a Peter Parker moment between John Jameson and. Harry, and then being like, wait, he stole you from, he stole her from you too? And then have that connection. Like, they need to be the villains. Why yeah. do we get, why do we get uh, fucking, what's his face in part three? I, uh, I, I turn into a wolf about it. Sandman. You know, no, if you're no. really mad, if you're really mad about him taking your lady, turn into a fucking wolf about <laughs> let's it. See, let's see you act let's up see on you it. You do it, face man. Uh, so Dashboard Confessional, by the way, agreed to write this song only if they got an early advanced screening of the film. Uh, and they did, and then reportedly they wrote this song in ten minutes, and we're like, ah, we got to see Spider-Man early. <laughs> <laughs> That's their confession. Yeah. Uh, I love that Mike L in the chat uh, says terrible, and then moments later replies, perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, it's it's, it's like so good. It's like they wrote this movie, and they were like, we just need, we don't really know how we're gonna get there with these two characters. But they knew where they wanted to go. And I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I like where it ended up. Mm-hmm. hate how they got there with yeah. all the two characters. It's just yeah. totally unearned. But this moment with the music, the perfect – the way it's shot. And, again, Kirsten Dunst is like perfect line delivery of this. Just fucking inspires you, man. It gives you hope. You're like, yeah, man, he's going to go out there. He's going to be Spider-Man. It's going to be awesome. Shout out to the Dunst, man. Andy Cortez. Last week, we went really long, so we didn't get to do what I like to call haiku and review. But I would like to bring it back today. We went okay. longer this week. I don't no, 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 no. We're, we're, at least seven, we're seven minutes shorter. We're two and a half right now. I don't have the music because uh, it's going to fuck up the way I'm running the show or whatever, so we're just going to do it accusingly. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Really hard to play and sing at the same time. Holy shit. I am blown the fuck away. That I don't, as far as I know, you've never played that acoustically. And you're just I just had it. to look at it right now because I have no way of playing the music for you all, and I didn't want to just clap it. That is so hard. That is so hard. That was incredible. That was incredible. If you want to support that type of talent, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to write your reviews in haiku form. Now, since we didn't do last week's miscellaneous, the MVP of Haiku and Review, wrote one in, and we didn't get to it. So I want to read the one from last week before I read this week because they're they're so damn good. So here we go. Miscellaneous writing in. Plot and Haiku for Spider-Man 2002. Adults on school trip. Harry's stealing Peter's shit. Oh, damn. He got bit. Off to see Osborne. I will pull funding, he's warned. 
than Green Goblin's born. He has amassed fans. Ben's death catalyzed his plan. He is Spider-Man. Goblin knows his name. To kill Peter is his aim. Goes after the dame. Osborne, killed by greed. Desperation to succeed. Spider-Man. Godspeed. Wow. Goddamn miscellaneous. And then for uh, number two, Andrew Feisner writes in and says, When Peter met Otto, ah, Rosie, I love this boy. Brilliant, but lazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. And then Miscellaneous does another plot in haiku. Uh, Struggles, Pete conceals. Won't tell MJ how he feels. Self-induced ordeals. Peter and Doc meet, nerding out over this feat. His life's work, complete. Demonstration time. The reaction crossed the line. And Harry just whined. (laughs) Sign. He can't ignore. After falling 30 floors, Spider-Man. Anthony, say it. No more. <laughs> yeah, baby! Otto gained some sense to destroy. It must be drenched at his life's expense. Miscellaneous, you're too fucking good. You, I you nearly did Spider-Man. You for this movie. <laughs> like, God damn, that was awesome. I nearly said Spider-Man, strong Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I fucking love it. I look, guys. I love doing this show with you. I just want you to know that this is two hours and thirty-two minutes, and I fucking I'm sorry. No, and it's for. And here's the thing: it's two hours and thirty minutes for a movie that I don't even love, and I'm just having fun. I'm having fun. Cannot wait. I cannot wait until next week. I know. I know. Yeah. So fun. This is what it's all been building to. This is where Sam Raimi, like, just really brings it home. <laughs> Can't wait. God, well, everybody, like I said, we have a big week for in review. We got Ghostbusters in review. Number one is live now. Uh, of course, you're watching this now. Later this week, we got Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. And then next week, we're coming back with Spider-Man 3 and Ghostbusters 2. Very exciting stuff. Till next time, love you all. Goodbye. Why do we do it to ourselves? <laughs> We're just asking for the internet to absolutely hate us. Yeah. We take everything you hold sacred and we shit on it. We should, have them, we should have them redo that title and just put right at the end, unsubscribe. Just unsubscribe from the channel, please. Now, I, I, so, I'm sorry. Am I, am I allowed? Am I here? Am I speaking? Do I need to wait? Uh, you, you are allowed to speak one end, okay. Anthony Carboni. I, I, I missed... I missed a lot of this series because you did initially make me angry in the beginning. I forget what I forget what pissed me off in the very beginning. Parthenon with Thor Dark World. Yeah, no, there's there's gonna be a lot that it, that'll probably piss you off. We'll get into all of that, yeah. Carboni, because you're and hanging out with us for the ride. Yeah, and that's the thing is I remember it happening, but then I looked at your ranking list mm-hmm. and I was like, it's a pretty good ranking list. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, Free. you're on our side. Free. I mean, I'll have to take I'll have to take another look. I don't. I don't know that you want this smoke, man. Like, I'll have to take another look. Is a I'm so curious about this. I've not seen the ranking for this. Okay. Well, we're, we'll get into that in just a second because I'm this 
is, of course, kind of funny, Sony Spider-Man Universe in review, formerly known as the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters, but as of August 2021, it's now just Sony Spider-Man Universe, or the SSU, in association with Marvel, of course. I'm Tim Geddes. I am joined by the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello. We have the natural rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, everybody. Joining us for these rewatches for the first time doing Spider-Man, we got Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Yo, what's up, everybody? And I had to get one of the biggest Spider-Man fans I know. To balance out the force here, we have the one and only Anthony Carboni. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Andy, I believe when I rewatched this movie, I saw Spider-Man swing right by your billboard, dude. Oh, really? Wow, you yeah. saw it. Yeah, that was me. Was, that was yeah, me I was like, whoa, it's Suntory Whiskey, prom- very prominently featured, and then uh-huh. Andy Cortez right there in Times Square. You'll see my eyes kind of, like, follow when mm-hmm. they track it as a little Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. He's like, thanks, Twitch. And then he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and now, Macy Gray. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. This is kind of funny. He's in review where each and every week we rank, review, and recap two different movies, all leading into the hype of a new movie. And this is very special. We're doing some rewatches. We're rewatching all of the Spider-Man movies. We've already ranked them, so we're not going to re-rank here. We're just recapping for the hype leading into Spider-Way, No Way Home, where we know we're getting returning villains. We're, it's all but confirmed we're going to get the return of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I am very, very excited to see how this all comes together. So, the next couple weeks, we're going to be leading into it, watching each one of them. Spider-Man 1, 2, 3 for the Raimi trilogy, and Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 for the web duology. And then we're also going to do Homecoming and Far From Home to make sure that we're right up in there leading into No Way Home. Very excited for all of it. Uh, you can get it on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. Uh, we're actually starting a lot of fun stuff next week. Uh, we're going to continue with Spider-Man 2, but we're also starting Ghostbusters in review, and we're returning wow. to Edgar Wright in review uh, for Last Night in Soho. So we're doing three in reviews next week. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube or to the podcast feed to search for in review. Uh, if you want to get the show ad-free and you want to watch live as we record it, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, uh, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule, and the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan have done. Uh, today we're sponsored by MeUndies, HelloFresh, and Uncommon Goods, but I'll tell you all about that later. Before we get into the details of this movie, the rigmarole, all of that stuff, Barrett, can you bring up our rankings so far of the Spider-Man universe? So, here are the rankings, Carboni, to catch you oh, up. Actually, I read that wrong. That's incorrect. <laughs> no way. I read that very wrong. That's incorrect. You actually made a very no incorrect way. ranking. So, the ranking currently stands, number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number two, I, I Amazing Spider-Man 2. No. Number three, Amazing Spider-Man. Number four, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Number five, Venom 1. Number six, Spider-Man. And number seven, Spider-Man 3. Wow. Uh, Venom, Venom 2. Above this movie. Uh-huh. I can't believe uh-huh. that. Yeah, we this is a wild <laughs> ranking. And when you said when you said that people were mad, now I remember why people were mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think we Amazing Spider-Man 2 is number two on this list. That's I ridiculous. Know. I think Spider-Man 2 shouldn't even be number one on a list of Amazing Spider-Man movies. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is bottom three, arguably. I, I mean, 
We voted. We voted. It was a team effort, and it got there. You can complain about the list all you want, but the numbers, and the I hands, will. they speak for will. themselves. But that's why we're doing the rewatch, to find the fun in all of it, to to remember the things that we do enjoy about these movies. Remember, Venom 2, uh, we didn't come to a conclusion because Greg didn't watch it, and our votes were <laughs> semi-split uh, with both Andy and Nick putting it down uh, at number 8. I put uh, it in me, the color blue because we love the color blue. I hate you so much. Uh, me yeah. put it in number 7, and Kevin putting it in number 5, which is hilarious, and that just shows how much Kevin really does not like the Sam Raimi movies, which is why he's not on these rewatches. He <laughs> said, I'm not going to be a part of this, and I was like, you know what, Kev? Good for you. Good for you. Uh, so yeah, that's this is the context that we all have going into Spider-Man. Uh, with a runtime of two hours and one minute, it was released on May 3rd, 2002, which is so, so long ago. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, uh, who directed the entire trilogy of the original Spider-Man movies and is returning to superhero dumb next year with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which unfortunately was recently delayed to May 6th, 2022. But we can wait. I'm expecting some magic oh, from that It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. You know, going back and going back and watching these, like you said, 20 years ago, we're, mm. we're we're getting up to 20 years since this movie came out, and like, this movie is a very Sam Raimi movie. You know, mm. his roots in horror, in genre, and in old style film, and that comes through. And maybe in the maybe in maybe in the years now that we've had an MCU, that stuff feels a little hokey. But I watching this movie and remembering how this movie felt in a vacuum 20 years ago and like as a movie where only Spider-Man exists. There's a lot of wonderful stuff here that works really well that I didn't like 20 years ago that I now like more. Don't forget though, don't forget, and I'm sorry to disagree with you here, or correct you rather, but it's not just Spider-Man that exists in this movie. It's also Julia Roberts and Superman. Yeah! Throwing that out there. Don't forget, they make a Superman reference in this movie. They couldn't say that now. They no, couldn't they say that now. Not without DC being like, get the lawyers. Let's go. But, but I also want to say that up until now, and this is, this is some credit that you've also got to give this movie, we had just gotten X-Men the year before, which I would say is the first good modern superhero movie, right? Up until that, like, our, our you know, we had had the first Batman, which was universally everybody loved. The second Batman, which is the greatest Batman movie ever made. I didn't watch your in review. Leave me alone. Uh, but, like, up until then, the last four horror movies that we had had before, uh, or last four comic book movies that we had had were Spawn, Blade, Mystery Men, and yep. X-Men. <laughs> so that's where comic book movies were. What about Blank in. Man? No. What about Blank Man? Yeah, don't, don't count Blank Man. <laughs> I think well, Blank, Blank Man was more of a years before and still works. <laughs> But, I will say, don't like, sleep on. I always say this though. Whenever anyone brings up Blade, everyone always thinks that Blade is is in that group of like quasi bad superhero movies. But don't sleep on Blade. It's actually a pretty good no, superhero. Blade rules. It's painful. We will be doing Blade in review, uh, leading Blade into the new Blade, uh, whatever that gets the date. Some motherfuckers. Uh, but moving on with, with, with the facts here, uh, we got the music by Danny Elfman, of course. Mm. Uh, fantastic score. Fantastic score in this movie. And I, I pray, I pray that we get it in No Way Home. When That's Tom another thing that 20 years later, I like more. At the time, I was like, weak score. No theme. <laughs> I, I, this is, I, I remember saying this when we did this movie last time, um, and I'm, I'm sure in, in a year and a half when we review these movies again, I'll say it again. The, the title sequence of this, the song over that, is a banger. I love so Spider-Man's theme in this. I think I that is one of the things that works so well. You should. As well, I you do. Should. Yeah, with Thank the... You. 
I totally agree with you, Nick. Like, the opening of this is it's so memorable and so iconic, honestly. But, like, two and three future spoilers for movies we've already watched, um, they go even further with it with, like, the kind of, like, the paintings and the flashbacks mm-hmm. to tell the story of the previous movie. I love I really, really hope that No Way Home does that in some way, shape, or form. That would be so fucking cool. Cameron, uh, he loves a montage. He does, man. Sure we does. got a bunch of them. Uh, this movie had a budget of $139 million and a box office of $821.7 million. The film received positive reviews from audiences and critics. It was the first film to reach $100 million in a single weekend. At the time, no movie had done so, even when adjusted for inflation. Uh, it was the most successful film based on a comic book at the time, and uh, it was the third highest grossing film in 2002, the highest grossing superhero film, and the sixth highest grossing film overall at the time time of its release. Spider-Man is credited for redefining the modern superhero genre as well as the summer blockbuster. And I think that that bit is, is interesting to, to kind of think about when we had the, the 80s action movies, the 90s were really defined by the, the Jurassic Parks and things like that. But yeah, this Spider-Man kind of ushered in a, a different era of these types of movies for okay. better or worse. Yeah, we, the, everybody stumbled for a few years. Everybody stumbled for a few years, but they were like, we got to get ourselves a Spider-Man. We got to get ourselves a comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. they didn't figure out how to do that for a while, but now I feel like we've got a grip on it. Yeah. Andy Cortez, I want to start with you. Rewatching this movie, what did you think? First off, I need everybody on this panel, and I need everybody in the comments, to sit the fuck back and respect the rankings, okay? Mm-hmm. We are the ranking masters. That being said, I have a lot of regrets. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of regrets. Fair uh, <laughs> good. Uh, I have a lot of regrets. Um, obviously, uh, I think this movie, it's all about perspective. When Tim and Nick used to do the show, Love and Sex Up, they would say it's all about communication. With me and In Review, it's all about perspective. We had just come off a bunch of MCU movies that I think are very, 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 very high quality. Um, Going into Spider-Man, it feels less so. It feels dated. It feels old. Um, but then after Spider-Man, we did the Batman movies, and then I kind of remembered the horrors of a lot of those Schumacher movies and how truly terrible those movies were. Uh, and I don't think these movies are as bad this time around. Again, it's all about that perspective and kind of remembering what the last thing you did was. Um, I, I think this movie is, is a good movie, and I think it's still cheesy in some moments and, and hokey like Carboni was mentioning. But what movie in that era wasn't? There's still a lot of really good comedic moments that are funny because they are meant to be funny as opposed to you're laughing at it. Uh, and I think that's uh, the mark of usually pretty decent writing. And I think a lot of the moments of J. Jonah Jameson, um, you, you know, even, there's some moments even with Peter Parker. Like, I've never loved, I've never loved Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. I think him as Peter Parker is fine. I don't love him as Spider-Man because when he's in Spider-Man, he always became... Like in the video games, he was also supposed to, he was always supposed to be cooler in the costume, quippier, sarcastic, cocky, and they try to do that, but I just can't picture Tobey Maguire being cool ever. So that's <laughs> always been my problem. Like I love the nerdy parts of Peter Parker. I've never loved the I'm trying to be cool. Here's a quip. Oh, miss me or whatever bullshit. Like I need a cooler actor to be that. So that's why I've never really vibed with Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. I think this movie is. You know, really good. Uh, I think it holds up well uh, after rewatching it. There's even some CG stuff I was kind of worried about, and I thought it looked not terrible, which was kind of surprising to me. Blessing. 
Yeah, I, I agree with the CG stuff. That was some of the stuff that I was anxious about the most, uh, going back to his rewatch, because it's been a very long time, I want to say, since I watched Spider-Man 1. And, you know, I went back, me, me and Bear were talking about this before the actual podcast, but, like, I still have Spider-Man uh, on the actual DVDs here. Uh, and going back to it, I didn't know how much of the movie I was actually going to remember because it has been such a long time. And Spider-Man 1 is probably the Spider-Man movie I've seen the least. But going back to it, I was surprised by how many scenes I remembered and how many scenes felt like classic Spider-Man scenes to me. Like, I still, I, the, the bone saw scene, scene still sticks out to me in, like, a, oh, my God, like, I, I remember this so vividly. Like, this is, like, this is, it reminds me of when we watched Space Jam where I was like, oh, yeah, I think this scene is coming up. Oh, yeah, I think this scene is coming up. And this movie has that for me as well. Uh, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, I think, is very interesting because I think it's Peter Parker hits that perfect, like, nerdy, weird, kind of awkward Peter Parker very well. But then I agree with, with Andy about his Spider-Man. I think his Spider-Man is not all the way there in this movie. And I'm excited to rewatch Spider-Man 2 to see, like, how that Spider-Man evolves. Uh, but, yeah, like, overall... I don't know. I had, a, I had a good time going back to it. I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie, but I think I think it is a good first Spider-Man movie in a series. And I think for for what we're talking about in terms of what this movie did, I think for that, like I really appreciate this movie as like a classic Spider-Man movie, even though quality-wise, I can kind of pick it apart in terms of yeah, the CGI isn't perfect, or like some of the performances aren't perfect. There's things here and there in the writing, and like Green Goblin, I think is weird in some places. But overall, I think it's a fun one to go back to. Just in some places, though. Just in some, Just in some places. In other places, the Green Goblin seems like a perfectly rational guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. what do you think? Um, I think there's just, I mean, the thing that I really appreciate about Sam Raimi is that he had a vision for this and he executed that vision. And say what you will, but I think he respected the genre and I think he really respected, like, I want to make a Spider-Man movie. I think he came at it from a fan's perspective. And you see that in this, right? Um, Carbone brought up, like, hey, he really loves the montage. I would argue he doesn't like a montage. He likes the collage. There's so many layered video over video over green screen in this and one of the biggest laughs I remember us having we'll see if we can do it again is that that just that one shot of Tobey Maguire (laughs) (laughs) he just comes in the frame for no reason above oh god that is one of the best movies he stares directly into the camera and has the mask on yeah so so, say what you will but like this movie has a lot of a lot of like Good things going for it and a lot of bad things going for it. But at this point, like, in the game, watching watching it again, I, it kind of resonated with me. Like, this is this is kind of a classic at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think we turned a corner on that one where I, where I was watching it again. I'm like, I'm actually enjoying watching this from a whole different perspective now because, you know, to Carboni's earlier point, like, you don't get the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe without the trials and tribulations of the Spider-Man and the X-Men series, right, and Blade and all that stuff. A lot of that was like, hey, we're trying to get our footing and at least convince the audiences out there that this is a genre that should be taken somewhat seriously. Um, and I think they did a really good effort with this. And a lot of these scenes hit. A lot of the stuff does not work. And it didn't work back then. I remember watching the Green Goblin talking to himself in the mirror thinking, like, this is this is the best way they could shoot this. This was the only thing they could well, think about on this one. Um, but, yeah, but I enjoyed I enjoyed going back and watching this again. I'm looking forward to 2 and 3. I will say the Green, the Green Goblin stuff was so, like, weird and kind of like, uh, it felt like it was part of a different movie at some point. 
And watching Green Goblin in this movie made me really wonder, like, how are they going to do it in Spider-Man No Way Home? Because I cannot imagine this Green Goblin appearing in that movie. Like, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, I think, has a better chance of fitting, because I, I think that is a really good villain, that, and uh, Alfred Molina is just really good at what he does. Right. Green Goblin, I cannot imagine how that's going to look in No Way Home. They're going to have to do something with the eyes, the face. That's the thing. I have like, the whole costume. That there's I am keeping my mouth shut until we get to this part chronologically in the that's film. Nice. But oh, I mean, I, the, two, the two masks talk to each other, and I am, I am amazing. livid at the two of you right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Carboni, what did you think of Spider-Man? Well, I, so you know, we we've, we've kind of hit on all the all the things that I really think, but I think it's important to the jeans went out of style and then they came back into style. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, like, yes, if you, yes. Like if you watched this movie ten years ago, you were like, how quaint. But now that it's twenty years ago. Like I watched it three years ago, Carboy. Yeah. I was like, this movie is fucking terrible. awful. Right. <laughs> As you keep going, you're like, oh no, there's some space to this. And also, I think, I think some huge things have happened within superhero movies and even within the MCU. You know, the last phase was all about them letting these movies have their own tone, and every hero have their own tone. Thor can be weird now. This can be dark now. This can be fun. Like. And when you look at that and you look at the stylization of it, you know, it's kind of like, like Nick was saying. Raimi had a vision, and he is an auteur. That's a guy who comes from genre film. And when you think about it, like, he came from horror. He came from slapstick comedy. You know, he's one of the greats of those genres. He was a 70s kid, so we're talking about his Spider-Man was like Jerry Conway Spider-Man. His Spider-Man was like 60s and 80s animated Spider-Man when he was growing up. He would have been a little too old for the 80s stuff. So he was trying to tell this like very 70s Marvel story in sort of a timeless New York. And when you kind of look at that, I, I just think I think this movie holds up so well. And I think it's, I think it's a lot more brilliant than people give it credit for. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, uh, Andy, bringing up the the context of us watching all of them within review, where we did MCU and then we did X Men and then we went straight into Spider Man. And I I am exactly with you, where it's like doing that. I think just did a disservice for us for like the quality of these movies and what we think of them. And yeah, way separated from it now, just going back to it, it's like it, this movie is a classic to Nick's point, where it's like mm-hmm. when you look at it through that lens of like it is what it is, and if you enjoy it for that, like there's so much to enjoy. Uh, I think there's a lot of really great Spider-Man moments, like Harry seeing Spider-Man uh, with his dead father yeah. is like such a great thing, and it's it's like you immediately you feel for these characters. You're like, oh, shit, how is this going to be resolved? Like, you actually are, are engaged and care about what's going to happen to them. And, and you don't want Peter and Harry to, like, have a have beef between e- each other and stuff. Uh, but I, I do think that at the end of the day, for me, I a lot of the elements that Sam Raimi nailed here in terms of Spider-Man are things I like least about Spider-Man. I don't like the 60s Spider-Man. I don't like yeah. that type of dorky um, Peter Parker. I like it when Peter Parker is not the cool kid, but he is still just, like, he's just a kid in school. Like, he's yeah. smart, and, but he's, like, he, he's not, like, this fucking mega dork, dork that's hella awkward. Um, and I like Spider-Man when he's quippy. I like yeah. fun quips, and, and to Eddie's point, it's, like, the quips that he has in this are less, like, fun and cool, and it's more just, like, like yeah, like, I, I what, what somebody to think they're cool would do. And it's candy mm-hmm. in a way that, like, I, doesn't really vibe with me. Um, so I think this movie yeah. is, is a lot better than I gave it credit for before, but I, I still uh, stand by my rankings of it, at least. It, it definitely has, and 
like, and this is some of the stuff that didn't resonate with me. And I guess, well, I guess I don't want to go too much into it because we're going to go through it all. But you're right. The sad puppy dog chasing this girl around Peter Parker is a little weird now. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's super weird. And, like, the whole plot between Mary Jane and and Toby is just, it's truly bizarre that they're neighbors and it's, like, it's kind of like they've known each other forever, but it's also like they don't, depending on what scene they're in. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were joking about it. Maybe that's high school. You don't remember? Maybe that's high school. I don't know about all See, that. I, I feel like they they tried to make them seem like they're Cory and Topanga, where if you watch Boy Meets World, there's a chemistry that you have in, with those two characters, and you get mm-hmm. the idea that, oh, they've been basically dating since they're five, but now right. like that they're in junior in high school or senior in high school, they're finally officially dating. Yeah. I, I feel like they try to have that kind of dynamic where, oh, yeah, the tension's always been there. They've always known each other. Uh, Peter's never, like, spoken up and actually asked her out, which is why right. Harry was going out with her. But now, like, now that we're at the end of the movie, they're finally, like, having this moment of, oh, wait, yeah. no, we do like each other. Uh, but it, it is hard to believe, especially from yeah. her side. I don't think I don't think they really do a good job of portraying that throughout the movie that she actually does like him. I, don't, I, I didn't get that at all until Mary she actually said she liked the movie. And it's not Kristen Dunst's fault, but you're right. Like, there's, yeah, the there's this thing where, like, <laughs> you're right. Like, Mary Jane in this movie, I'm just like, there's no motivation there. There's, like, weird playing these dudes off of each other. There's sometimes I know you, sometimes I don't, which that part I think is very high school. And, like, I got cool. You didn't. I can't really acknowledge you as much in public as I used to. You know, that part rang true to me. But I didn't really understand what Mary Jane was thinking at any point in this film. I don't think the writers did either, and I think that was just a sign of the times, right? I think Mm -hmm. Mary Jane's character exists in this movie to be saved. And that's a one that's a pretty one dimensional character. And and you know, I think Kirsten Dunst is a great actor. I think she does a a serviceable job with the material given in this, but it really does feel like when you go back and watch it, you're like, that turn where she's like, Peter, it's always been you, I'm like, Has it? Has it? it, Up until like three days ago, did you really ever think about this guy? And it just smacks with someone that's like that's been hit over the head with unrequited love his entire life and finally just woke yeah. this scene and was like, this is what I wish would have happened with that girl I had a crush in high school with. Right. But the reality is, she would have been like, why are you following me around? Even as Spider-Man, it's weird. It's yeah. weird that you're stalking me. She even says it in this. She's like, wow, I have a superhero stalker. <laughs> and it's like, Hee-hee, that should be a red flag to everyone like out there. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, so. that, that Peter, it's always been you when, like, literally two scenes beforehand, it's like, I'm going to dinner with Harry. Right. Are you or, into me? Does that have, bug you? Yeah, By the way, I'm going to run down this alley and kiss another guy right now. Yeah. Mary Jane, where's your head at? Where are you, Mary Jane? I think, I think it was like, I think that dynamic was done a lot better in the original Superman movies, right? Where you oh, have yeah. this strong character, Lois Lane, who is like, who was, who was a, a very well-written character who was out there like being a reporter and she meets Clark Kent and she's like, this dude is a fucking doofus. And then meets Superman and then is like, this guy's awesome because he's like, you know, getting the job done. And then you have that dichotomy where she's where yeah. he loves her and can't tell her who he really is. And she's like, you're a dork, go away. I like that dynamic a lot better. And this one, it almost felt like they got to the end of the script. I'm like, oh, wait, shit, we totally forgot to have MJ and Peter like have that romantic moment. Let's just shoehorn that in when he's sitting in the hospital like, you know what I told Spider-Man about you? That sometimes that when I'm with you, I feel good, but also terrified, but also happy, but also a little hungry, but also a little... I'm like, what, why is he so talking? I'm also dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this, but I'll say this. When you're in the moment watching that, and you, once again, you are 100% correct, but I want to add to that, when you're in that moment watching that scene, and this goes back to what you said before, too, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst sell the material the best they can, and when you're in that moment, 
you really do feel like, oh, Peter, you sweet little, oh, okay, oh, buddy, you know? Because yeah. they are selling it. But you're, there's a lot of Dick Donner's Superman all throughout this movie, though. All throughout this movie. It was, it was used as a blueprint for so much of this stuff. And I, like, I always knew that, but re-watching this again this time with, like, a critical eye, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of the original Superman in this. Interesting. I should go back and watch it one more time. I, I, I haven't watched the original Superman in a while. I watched it on a plane one time. I was like, oh, this is a long movie. <laughs> I forgot how long this was. Yeah. At one point, someone just says a poem for like 20 minutes. I was like, okay. Yo, yeah. that's, that's the thing that people don't remember. Is like, is like until this film, I like a little bit Batman, but until this film, like Superman the movie was the blueprint, right? Everybody was like, how do we do something as good as Dick Donner's Superman? Superman 1 and 2. That yeah. one-two punch of those movies was like, this is what but, a superhero movie is supposed to be. But Lois Lane literally does a romantic epic poem in her head while she's flying with Superman that they turned into a disco song that was on the soundtrack. It was weird. I'm not saying the Lois Lane character was perfect, but I do think the Lois Lane character was a step ahead of where we are with Mary Jane in 2000. Oh, for sure. For sure. My my big problem with with Mary Jane, too, is like she, like, I can't say that they nailed Spider-Man if they flubbed Mary Jane that bad. And not only did they flub Mary Jane, they flubbed a Gwen Stacy element. Like, they took one of Gwen Stacy's most iconic, the most iconic storyline of the the bridge and the death, and Mm -hmm. they don't even commit to it. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, the Green Goblin in this movie, I like some elements of it. I I do like the mirror stuff, I, I, I love Willem Dafoe, but like, he, it's a bad Green Goblin. Like when you think of Spider-Man's arch, arch enemy in terms of what he does. But I'm saying story-wise, I, I can't wait to hear fake because I, I I really want to know the argument for Green Goblin in this movie because I, I agree. I'm I just dying here. It's just wasted potential killing him the way that they did for how little he actually does as Green Goblin oh. to Spider-Man and to like Nick. You talked about this. I remember in the um, the first time we did the review of this, but. He has the choice of saving Mary Jane or saving the people, and he ends mm-hmm. up saving both. both. That's that is, it's, a, it's not good. Like, that's yeah. like, you need to make him make a choice, or else, what, well, that's, what is it? That's emblematic or symptomatic, rather, of, like, a lot of the other things that are happening in this, right? Is that, at the end of the movie, it's like, he has to make a choice, and he walks away from Mary Jane, but you're like, does he, is it, but... I, I don't know. I guess that's the only time they actually really make him do that, but we shouldn't have even gotten to that point in this relationship. Mm-hmm. I will, I'm I will, modeling my point here. Sorry. I will say on the topic of the Mary Jane Peter Parker thing, I, I, I remember uh, during Edgar Wright review, uh, the Scott Pilgrim episode, where Andy was talking about Michael Sarah and how he didn't believe that Michael Sarah's character is like this lady killer or like this dude that like could get could get with could, could get ladies essentially. And I have that feeling throughout the entire movie with Peter Parker as well, where. Mm-hmm. Like, when Mary Jane finally reciprocates it, I, no part of me believed it just from, like, a, like, why this guy? <laughs> Peter Parker, Peter Parker in this movie, like, Peter Parker the dude is pretty lame and pretty whack and pretty dorky and has, like, even when he is becoming Spider-Man and has that scene where he takes off the shirt and, like, his body is hot in the mirror, even that was awkward to me. I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't match up. This feels like they, well, like they swapped out his head. There's a lot about that scene that's like, what is going on here? Like, there's nothing about Peter Parker for me that like even justified that yeah. him and Mary Jane would ever get together in that way. I think Maybe. it's more of the small sort of things that Peter does for Mary. Like when he when he mentions like, um, I, I forgot exactly what he mentioned. There's a part where she's like, oh, you remembered that. It's those small gestures that she isn't getting from mm-hmm. Flash and like. You know, she's kind of being ignored, and she's just, like, an object or whatever. But Peter, like, shows that he cares about her. I don't think he needs to necessarily be uh, attractive to get Mary Jane. Um, But I do think that 
Spider-Man needs to be cooler in order for her to be like, oh, this guy's a, this guy is hot. Like, because I don't, again, it's, it's not, it's oh, not man, how. He did like an upside down flip kick and saved her life. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty hot. Like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty hot. Dope as shit. I'll say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I, I understand that. I, I totally understand the coolness angle of Tobey Maguire being Spider-Man and mm-hmm. trying to portray himself as a cool dude, but in my head I go, that's still Tobey Maguire, yeah. and I, I can't buy that. Yeah, I, and I do want to say that, that that the whole, like, oh, he's doing little things and he remembers stuff, I do want to say that the thing that's aged the worst about this Peter Parker is this is based on, like, we're all kind of dancing around, this very old idea of Peter Parker that's based on this sort of nerd power revenge fantasy, mm-hmm. which which I think it really it really fast tracks the nerd to bully pipeline in adulthood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know these guys oh, yeah. who feel like they're the underdog, and then when they get older, they're like, "I'm God, but I'm the one who's being picked on, and I got to stand up for myself." And they turn into fucking bullies because of become it. what you fear. Right? Um, and like, there is a lot of that nice guy energy to Peter, right? And that it's reinforcing that sort of nice guy narrative of like. These are dudes who use the word friend zone. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. Well, you look at where where it's like, I'm remembering these things and nobody else is. Why doesn't she like me? It's like, well, you got to do more than that, dude. You can't just the baseline. You can't just meet the bar of I'm a decent person. Why isn't she into me? Right. There are a lot of decent people in the world, my guy. And that's the thing. I think. I think there is a way to. I think that that Tom Bolger and and MJ had enough chemistry where if the writing had been stronger, they could have sold the story. Um, but I do think that it's, yeah. it's, I think they got to the end of it and they were like, we cannot have her fall in love with him because he's Spider-Man. That doesn't work. So what do we have to do? Well, let's go back and like have him run through the litany of all the things that he's been doing for her, for her over the years. And when you start to add them up now, looking through the lens of 2021, you're like, some of that stuff is just very creepy. Like yeah. he just shows up at her house unannounced and he's like, so I just happen to be in the neighborhood. And she's like, really? He goes, well, actually I took two buses and a train to get here. That, maybe in 2002, was like, when I was 22 years old, I was like, oh, maybe that would have been romantic. But now we're like, you're not dating. She doesn't think of you at all. That's weird. That is a weird thing to do to someone, right? Um, cool, gesture again, if you're, cool gesture if you've been out, if you've been out on a couple dates already, maybe, yeah. or you're, you're sort of like easing into a relationship. Sure. Not a cool gesture when it's like, I haven't and seen she, you since high school, and yeah. all of a sudden I've seen you three times in four days. What? Yeah, it's very weird. I haven't but seen I mean, you in like, high school, but also we've known each other for for our whole lives. But also, I haven't seen you in three years. But also, we've known each other forever. Let's fucking dive in. Let's <laughs> dive in. Good. Let's yeah. go. Let's before, do this. Before we do this, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Uncommon Goods. If you're on a mission to be the best gift giver ever this season, it's never too early to start looking. No matter who you're shopping for, Uncommon Goods is the place to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Some of the cool things I got recently were the, there's the baseball park map pint glasses that I got for one of my good friends, James Burke. He doesn't know it's coming yet. He is going to absolutely love the local park one. Uh, and also, Gia got this puzzle that is really cool. Puzzles are always a fun thing, right? Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality 
quality, unique, and often handmade. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. And with every purchase you make, Uncommon Goods gives $1 back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. So make your holiday season stress-free. Check out their selection of thousands of items. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash kindoffunny. That's uncommongoods.com slash kindoffunny for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited-time offer. U-N-C-O-M-M-O-N-G-O-O-D-S dot com slash kinda funny. We're all out of the ordinary. Uh, next up, shout out to me, Undies. Are you afraid of the glow in the dark? Well, shield your eyes because the new MeUndies Halloween just dropped dead. If there's one collection you don't want a ghost, it's this one. I always love uh, MeUndies. I always love their theme collections, and I especially love when they get fun, like with the Halloween ones. We're glowing in the dark, baby. MeUndies are made from natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees, making their micro-modal fabric soft, breathable, and dangerously cozy, and I can attest to all of that. Of course, even right now, wearing my MeUndies shirt, my lounge pants, my undies, and socks, I love the micro-modal fabric all over my body. It is so soft, and I love being a big, soft boy. You can get your spooky season up and haunting with five new prints, I See You, My Boo, Tricks and Treats, Lazy Bones, and Lazy Pumpkin. MeUndies has a great offer for you first-time purchasers out there. You can get 15% off and free shipping. To get 50% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. And finally, shout out to HelloFresh. Spooky season is also extra busy season. But one thing you can take off your plate is meal planning and grocery shopping. Because HelloFresh is here to keep you stocked and chopped. They deliver pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering recipes directly to you. We're talking fresh, going from the farm to your door within a week. So you get the convenience without the sacrifice in quality. HelloFresh offers fantastic variety with over 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian so it works great for Paula and Kevin, Calorie Smart, and even gourmet options. And they're bringing out all the fall options too, like one pot broccoli mac and cheese to make weeknight meals super easy. That sounds fantastic, and I really, really hope that I get to try that one. Cool Greg's been using HelloFresh. Blessing's been using HelloFresh. Kind of funny is a HelloFresh family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's up to 14 free meals, including free shipping at HelloFresh.com slash Morning14. Use code Morning14. Daddy, hit the plot, son. And it's time for the plot, Nick. Is this movie that good or is it great? I'm watching Andy Watchmen, watching him, watching us, watching, watching us. Man, I gotta do something my own. This song is a perfect example of what this movie is. I remember I have gone through the full range of emotions on this song until finally I looked up the video last night and I was like, it's a classic. The song is a classic now. I hated it. I, I kind of liked it at first. Then I hated it. Then I jumped on the everyone should hate Nickelback bandwagon. And now, you know what? I've gotten off that wagon. And I've gone on my own wagon. Wow. Where I'm okay with this song. <laughs> and, and now I'm trying to memorize all of it so that I can be better than Greg next time he comes on a piece of pod, a, a pod house. Ladies and gentlemen, Spider-Man 2002. With great power comes Tobey Maguire. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> we start with, again, a banger of an orchestral theme where it's just super powerful. We go through all the movements as we're seeing, you know, very dated graphics, but it still gets me with this, right? It gets you in the mood. You're like, oh, we're in the mood for, and it kind of ends on a somber note, right? As he goes into, who am I? You sure you want to know? Yeah, motherfucker, I paid for a ticket to Spider-Man. Can, can I tell you, though, this is the first thing, this is the first thing that is stylistically a little weird these days, but it's so 100% Spider-Man, is it's very, very rare. I mean, we get Thor doing it, but as a joke, right? And, like, when Thor does it, he's doing it to a skeleton that he is in jail. Hilarious. You know? Right. But this is, like... Every Spider-Man comic is about the internal narrative of it's told from Peter's perspective. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. so this is a stylistically weird thing, but I was immediately like, oh, it's Spider-Man when it, I first it, saw this. But it, it, it works really, really well. The thing that I hate the most about it is Toby's line delivery. It, yeah. Like, it just it just feels off. And it, if you would have told me, like, Hey, Andy, you know how there's, like, a Blade Runner version where Harrison Ford is narrating and another one where he's not narrating and he hates the one where he's narrating? This feels like yes. this is the one that he's narrating. That exact comparison. It, he is so flat in the booth. He is so flat in the booth in this movie. And I'll, but I'll also, like... Who am I? I'm Tony McGuire. Hey, are, you sure you, are you sure you want to know? It's not a happy story. It you, can, you could turn off the movie right now if you want. <laughs> it doesn't help that the writing is not that great in this either. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart, Tim. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you I was your average, ordinary guy, not a care in the world, somebody fucking lie. <laughs> well, let me assure you, this, like any other story worth telling, is about a girl. This, okay, but that's very Jerry Conway, that's very Stan Lee, like, that's, an, that's a very Spider-Man opening. It is a little corny now. Also corny, when they say it's about a girl and we go to the slow-mo MJ where she's the only one on the bus that has wind in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> so obsessive from uh, go, Peter. So uh, obsessive from go. Uh, we cut over to, to, to Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane, of course, on the bus next to Deadshot himself. The Joe Manganiello. Hollywood D and D Golden Boy. Deathstroke. Joe Manganiello. Deathstroke. Sorry, not Deadshot. Deathstroke. Right. Yeah. Every. Uh, seeing that, that, seeing that, I was like, oh wait, I forgot everyone in this movie is thirty. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. Hold that thought, right? Uh, and Peter's like, I wish I. He's like, I wish I was that guy. I'd even take this guy even a jelly donut. I'm like, no, nah, bro, you're you're ahead of that kid. Trust me. Uh, Peter Parker chases after them in the, uh, on the sidewalk as the bus goes down the street. And only Mary Jane does something to help. She ends up uh, letting him on the bus. Can I say that I love that the bus driver's in on the joke? Yeah, he fucking hates Peter. He fucking hates Peter Parker. As Peter gets on the bus, of course, somebody trips him and his glasses fall off, and, and we're supposed to feel sorry for him here, but there's a part of it's like this. Yeah, you deserve that kid. You, you <laughs> get up you earlier. Get on the fucking we, bus. We were talking before we went live about Tobey Maguire, and I just like he has a face in this movie yeah. that you genuinely do want to bully. Yeah. Like even I'm like you know I don't want it, I don't want bad things to happen to him, but I'm like. Yeah, if somebody if somebody on this bus punches this kid. I get it. I'm only saying this, everyone. You didn't watch our review. This is a Car unique topic. He had it. Just letting you know. Carboni, you know. Carbon is Carboni the bus driver? That's what I want to know. Is Carboni our bus say, driver? I will say that they do some things stylistically later, like they the way they do makeup and wardrobe on Peter later. 
like we are supposed to feel this about Peter. Like one of the things that I've noticed even in early scenes is they let Tobey Maguire have real acne and stuff in, in his close-ups. But when you get to like the later scenes, like when he's looking up at MJ and Harry and, you know, he's got cheekbones, he's buff, he's Tobey Maguire. They really, they really went out of their way to go punch this guy. Hit him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless him. Uh, the class, of course, is on their way to a field trip to the science department of one Columbia University, where, of course, 12 years, uh, 20 years prior, Ray Sands, Egon Spangler, developed a cutting-edge technology to deal with ghosts. Uh, the teacher here always bothered me because he was yeah. a solid younger. five years younger than all the Why? students. <laughs> I don't He's so know. so much younger than James Franco. Dude, crazy. this guy reads... Like, he's 24, and Joe Mangalano is fucking 34 years old. I'm like, Can why I, is... It's like when it's like in, like, Harry Potter when they made the prefects, and it's like, oh, kids ruling over other kids. I understand where we're at. Lord of the Flies kind of thing. Carbo, yeah. what were you going to say? I was just... No, I was just going to say that, like, I have always loved... You know how there are some things... This movie is full of those quotes that you just say randomly in different situations, and nobody recognizes them. It's just going to get there. You know what I mean? And the teacher, the teacher does this line read of... The, the next person to talk in Hill here will fail this course. Yeah. I kid you not. Kid and that you. line, that line read is just like so good. I was, was going to say. Earn your fucking scale, dude. I, I was going to say, Carboni, that there are, I think this movie has the two best extras of all time. And it's mm-hmm. the teacher going, I kid you not. I kid you and not. Then, <laughs> and then it's the lady in the middle going, hey, look, it's Spider-Man. Like, those two extras are so fucking, like, they are his fucking Dragon Ball ass. Look, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> his parachute opens. He's safe. Early 90s Funimation garbage. Uh, of course, they all head into Columbia University as Norman Oswald drops off his son Harry in their Rolls Royce. And Harry's like, can you just. Norman Oswald Cobblepot, the green Sorry. penguin. This is uh, Osborne. Osborne, yeah. Damn, I gotta have to. That's gonna be a hard one because guess what I wrote throughout this entire thing? Osborne. Uh, Norman drops off Harry. We'll, just, we'll go with first names from now on. Uh, and he's ashamed. He's like, can you drop me off on the corner? He's like, what do you want me to trade my car in for a Jetta because you flunked out of every private school I ever sent you to? And I'd be like, no, I had a 96 Jetta and it had a lot of mechanical and electrical issues. I cannot recommend getting one Carboni unless you love buying O2 sensors. But it was, but it was a very cool car. Everybody wanted a Jetta and I never understood why. They were very fun to drive. I will say that until it broke down. Jetta was back Socks, focuses, like, the, these were the cars. In 01, these were the cars. The Mazda 6 or something. The Passat yeah. was the car that rich people had. Okay, I got a Jetta, and I was like, I feel great about this. And then my buddy got a Passat, and I was like, what do you, what do you fucking want? Right. Center? What's going Why on? Why do we have to draw these lines? Why do we have to draw these lines? What are you, what are you the, the, Harry, uh, the Harry Oswald to my Peter Perk Harter? Okay. <laughs> is that where we're going to go with this? Is that where we're at? One clip of this is why I don't do kind of funny games content anymore, bless because it's like, you know what I mean? Once over the tongue. They never use live these things down. They never do. Uh, so can I say that I do enjoy I do enjoy the um, being led through and being given, here are different things spiders can do. We get so much time for this origin because we've never seen it before. Right. And I forget that, but it's like, we're going to slowly let you know what's up with spiders and why they're cool and why this is about to be very interesting. I like this part. I think mm-hmm. that I like the different spiders. I like that she explains, like, hey, we're doing, like, we're combining, like, RNA and DNA and stuff like that, trying to figure out, like, how to, I don't know what the ultimate goal was of the experiment. I can't remember. But 
I, I do like spiders. It's basically like we're gonna make a super spider that's gonna kill the world. Yeah, we had like you know what spiders aren't cool enough. We gotta yeah. have cooler spiders. Out you know there. what people I, are? My, you know what isn't deadly enough or spooky enough? Fucking <laughs> spiders. Spiders. But my favorite part of the scene. There's two things that I love about the scene. One is that again the scientist, five years younger than everyone else, than all, all these students, right? Oh yeah. She's but she does but but she has this one line where she's like. Uh, this spider has reflexes so fast, it borders on, like, precognition. Uh, a spider sense, if you will. And I know that's a cheesy line, but I love that explanation of, like, why he has a spider sense later. I do like that. It's I cool. like that a lot. Because yeah. remember, like, at this point in time, you know, my mom, well, my mom knew a lot about Spider-Man because I was obsessed with Spider-Man. But, like, if you were going to a movie, if you were, this was your holiday movie with your family, not everyone in your family liked Spider-Man. Not everybody would have understood why he was, like, seeing around corners and shit. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think this was kind of cool. And it's kind of cool. It's a, little bit of, it's a little bit of exposition, but it's it beats you over the head a little bit, a little yeah. heavy-handed, but yeah, whatever. There's, there's, like, a graphic in there somewhere that is all, like, you know, spider equal super strength in mm-hmm. spider sense and all, all that stuff that I actually do appreciate for that same reason. I was like, oh, damn, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it, just says, it just says spider strength, spider jumping, precognition, Spider-Man equals Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> super simping. Yeah. Like, super yeah. thing is in there. But I do like that, uh, I do like that also, like, and this is a very old school, this comes from Sam Raimi's horror thing, right? He's letting you know what's about to go down. He's foreshadowing it. But he also does this thing in the scene where after Peter gets bit, it, like, it goes down, and he's like, ah, and then it, it goes up like a screen of the DNA of the spiders changing. And I was no. like, remember, Mom, this yeah. is how he turns into right. Spider-Man. Also, just in case you didn't understand... The spider actually is colored like the Spider-Man outfit. I love that too. So don't like that is a nice little bit of visual storytelling to beat kids over the head with. Like this is how it happened. And Um, and a a genuine good line delivery moment from Toby telling uh, James Franco about how they can blend into their uh, environments or whatever. And he's like, who would want to know that? Who wouldn't? I really like that. It's such a genuine good moment. That is such a Harry and Peter moment. And then for Harry to turn around, and we see this a couple times, for Harry to turn around and then use that, like, Peter, you're such a nerd. Why would I want to use that? Hey, by the way, Mary Jane, here's my opening line. It came from Peter. Is such a Harry and Peter thing to establish early on. And it's so good. The character, we have not gotten some of the characterization stuff in the newer stuff like we've gotten in these Raimi movies, particularly when we start hitting the Uncle Ben stuff. So good. So good. And we don't get that anywhere else, really. Very true. Uh, of course, MJ, they're talking about all these the 14 or 15 spiders that are there, and MJ's like, hey, there's actually only 14 here. And the lab tech's like, we play it pretty fast and loose here, guys. Yeah. 14, 15 spiders, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Sometimes there are 14 super yeah. spiders. Sometimes there are 16 super spiders. What yeah. am I? The, what am I? The guy who keeps track of the super spiders? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are. Not, you are. This is a research lab. This is very expensive. This is your life's work. Yeah. Whoops, we lost a fucking spider? Yeah. Only one, one of 14. <laughs> it's not like it was like, there's 300 spiders. Like, we'll see in later iterations. We're like, oh, there's so many spiders here spinning up. It's, only, it's not that hard to keep track of. Anyway, the spider's up in the rafters making a little uh, thing, and it looks down, he's like, ah, there's my next victim, and it's he's Peter. Uh, Peter, of course, spots MJ alone, asks her to take a picture for the school paper. She says, don't make me look ugly. And he says, don't worry. Uh, that horrible dye job they did on your head has taken care of that for you. Wow. Wow. Man, wow. I'll tell you what. I had to I get one dig out. I had to get one I made one, one note in. here. I made one note here during this whole photo shoot scene, which is, 
You know what? Kirsten Dunst is so dang charming. She really is. Yeah. She, she really is charming in this movie. She can't decide whether she has a New York accent or not sometimes. I know. Neither yeah. can James None of them Franco. Can. None of them can. The only one who doesn't point. try is Toby. Yeah. God bless him. He can't well, it. Uh, I think in later iterations, they lighten up her hair and put a little bit of blonde in it, which looks a lot better. But, like, this is always one of the things that I, the reason I rail against this is because it's so, it's so comic book movie 1.0. Well, Mary Jane's a redhead. Oh, well, let's make it all red. Let's make it super red. Oh, J. Jonah Jameson looks like this in the comics. Okay. Well, let's make sure we have a comically bad wig on him. We nailed him, Nick. I have zero zero (laughs) problems with J. Jonah Jameson. You're on your own on this one. I'm just saying, like, everything everything is one-to-one, and sometimes that stuff, like, you look back, they're like, they wouldn't do that now, right? It's very... very, Actually, I say that. Well, even the wardrobe, right? We we used to harp on that for for, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character in the first couple iterations of Black Widow, where you're like, why is that wig so bad yeah. that she's wearing, and they figured it out eventually. Yeah, but even, even, and I think it kind of goes for the comic book look, and it, it sort of goes for the timeless New York, what era is this going in look that Sam Raimi was sort of going for. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, her hair is really red. She still kind of dresses like MJ did in the 60s, but sort of the 90s version of it. It mm-hmm. was, it's very, I don't know, it, it doesn't bug me so much. And also, hey. she's allowed to dye her hair if she wants. Let Mary Jane dye her hair. She's going through it right now. She's gone through a lot, man. Have you seen her home life? She's got a bad home life. Wow, I have a lot of uh, it. Peter, of course, snaps a bunch of pictures of her and, not- and does not notice the spider coming down from the ceiling that crawls on his hand and then bites him and then runs away. That's I thought he had a really good bite, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I caught it. Like, this specific watch, I was like, damn, that spider got in there. Holy crunchy. Dude, it's, yeah. it's Raimi's horror background. The shit that's supposed to surprise you, he plays almost like a jump scare. There are so many, like, pseudo jump scares in this movie because he's like Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell guy, mm-hmm. it just works so well. I also want something that's very weird to me about this particular origin. You're, you're nerdcore Peter Parker, the science geek. Mm-hmm. Not only did you find the super spider, it mm-hmm. bit you. Mm-hmm. You're not telling anyone, hey, yeah. I, oh, no, this is bad. And also, you're a smart kid, and you're also kind of a wimp. That spider bite like, wells up that big, and you're not going to the urgent care, Peter yeah. Parker? This does not seem very Peter, Peter Parker to me. I don't understand the motivation for this particular origin. Now, I'll, I'll explain to you his motivation. As a person that has never had a six-pack, the second he wakes up with the six-pack, none of that shit you just said matters. No, but that's a day later. Yeah, that's what he's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Good point. Uh, I, would be, I would be in such a panic. I, like, I would have called the Secret Service. I would have called uh, anybody I could, the CIA, everybody. Like, my yeah. hand, come, come over here, please. But also, the clarity, it's not going down. I can see myself as a kid getting get being bit in that situation and going, I don't want to cause a, a fuss. I don't want to bother you. He's a 45-year-old man, though. Maybe there's something in his head like, I don't, want, I don't want everybody else to think I'm a wimp again. I don't want to draw attention to me. I don't want people to make fun of me for this. But like, oh, I, think, I don't think, I don't think it actually started to get... They could have tagged that a little bit. You know what I mean? To make me understand it more. Yeah. Well, I have, the, I have the feeling that it didn't really get... The situation didn't really get dire until he like, kind of headed home. And at that point, he was so under, under the weather that he just collapsed. So we, don't think we, we don't see that. We don't see that wealth on his hand until the, until he like grabs the the blanket and pulls it down the top. Boy, of he's such the sweet boy nephew, though. He's not going to go right home to Aunt May and like put his head in her lap and be like, "Make me some soup." I mean, like he really feels like that kind of Peter. You know what I mean? Where he's like, "This is not good." <laughs> Uncle good. Ben, put me in the charger and take me to the fucking urgent care. I mean, I feel like it did a good job too. Um, it, 
showing him as being kind of separate from his uh, aunt and uncle. Because they were mm-hmm. having that talk of, like, you know, we got to get closer to Peter. Like, what's Peter up to and all these things? And right. Like, I kind of I believe that he gets home and doesn't really want to bother them either. That's fair. Let's, That's we'll fair. Maybe he's just got that thing where he's like, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. I think he's just a teenage kid and can't communicate. The bigger question is this. At some point where you realize this is the spider that did that to you, do you go, I have to go kill that spider so no one else can be as cool as Spider-Man? Like, because that thing might bite the lab tech, and all of a sudden she's like, you know, like, oh, shit, now i got more Spider-Man. Or right. if you're the lab tech and you're like this, hey, that's weird. There's a man that's got all these powers that we combined into this one spider. I wonder if we had something to do with that. Oh, well, doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, that guy that killed the guy that robbed us is also the guy that let the robber get away because he's dressed like Spider-Man the wrestler. Right? There's a lot of stuff in this movie where the guy like, who we said oh, yeah. was Spider-Man and yeah. he's on his face now. I have a thing with the school, too, where we're about to get to, but, like, when he fights Flash and does all that flashy shit, everyone knows. Yeah, everyone I'm like, knows. Does anybody not think that, like, two days later, a, like, this, a kid the same height is running around on the street doing this shit? Is it Peter Parker? Because listen, the whole cafeteria him. saw him web two yeah, trays yeah. and walk out with him. <laughs> and it's not like everyone was like, not one person saw him. He was slamming the trays against the closed door, and everyone's like, that fucking guy. Now, weird to be shit. fair, to be fair, everyone. It's literal weeks after that before he goes out in the new Spider-Man suit. Literal weeks. Who can yeah. remember things that happened weeks ago? I can't remember. Yes. Definitely not high school. Uh, I mean, this movie is so out of whack where it's like they graduate high school and then are going to college. And it's like all of that happens in this movie. Like when you yeah. think about it, where it's just like there's the scene later of Mary Jane and like she's dealing with like having a job and like she's a waitress and she's trying to be this actress or whatever. She's like 18. <laughs> and it's so funny to think yeah. about an 18-year-old dealing with the things she's dealing with the way she is. I mean, it's it like, happens. Right. I mean, it does happen, and it does it happen does in New happen, York, but, like... But not like that. It's no. Just, I just don't accept it, but... Nick, it's please very continue. strange. I mean, a lot of it's very strange. I, I do want to give a shout-out to, like, once again, Sam Raimi, horror director, doing this Frankenstein-ass origin montage, like, composite montage for Peter turning into Spider-Man, though. Where he's like, he's like sweating fly. and he's dreaming about spiders and he's like, and lightning is crashing and it's yeah, like, yeah. God, this is so good. Like, it's so good. It's uh, before we the word, get to yeah. that point, though, we do have uh, a moment where we go over to Osborne Industries, see a bunch of military types looking for an update on Osborne's new super soldier serum. Uh, and Dr. Strom was like, listen, man, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you guys. We gotta take this whole line back to formula because it's causing magnus and hyperaggression. You know, the bull's like, back to formula? But uh, Mendel, by the way, like, this was one of the first things in the movie where as, like, a Marvel fan who had not had this before, when they, when they say Dr. Strom, you're like, Robot Master, that guy becomes the Robot Master. <laughs> if, if, we get, if we get eight, if we get eighteen Spider-Man movies, maybe we get to see the Robot Master. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, this movie does a good job of name dropping a ton of nerd shit and kind of mm-hmm. setting things up. I love like the the, the Kurt Connors illusions. Like there's mm-hmm. just things where it's like they they do a good job for fans of the '90s cartoon to drop enough things in there. We're like, oh shit, maybe one day we'll see this. Yeah. We also see like the most Y2K ass design of the glider and the glider suits oh, in this we're gonna scene. Get to, we're going to get to this. It, it looks like a, it looks like a rave flyer and a PS1 game all rolled into one. It's Although ironically, goggles and oh, why so is it good. bald? It's so He's bald because it's cool looking because yeah. it's the 90s. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, but, uh, but I do love I do love the idea that Mendel Strom like this is Oscorp run by Norman Osborn. 
and Mendelstrom is going to, like, some peon is going to speak up and be like, oh, actually, the contract that gives us all our jobs, we should cancel it. Yeah. Uh, How of dare you? Even if I wasn't Norman Osborne, even if I was an asshole, even if I wasn't an asshole, if I was running that company, I'd be like, hey, Bro. Mendel, do you remember when I talked about things that we email each other about versus things we say when the military's here? Right. Hey, Mendel. Like, we have two weeks. We can figure this out, Barbara. Mendel, right. like, why don't you email me about that later, and we're going to work it out, Mendel. Uh, of course, right here, they set up the idea that we have yeah, two weeks for a, success, for a successful human trial, or I'm going to pull the funding and give it to another team that's working on an excellent two skeleton. Two, two weeks. weeks. That's another uh, one that I say all the time. Two weeks will have lost the contract. <laughs> Uh, we head over to Uncle Ben and Aunt May's house. Uncle Ben just got laid off, so it turns as he turns with the one ads and Andy. It's all computers. It's all computers now. Oh man, he doesn't understand computers. Even computers need an analyst these days. I love Chris. I love Cliff Robertson. God bless him. But Sam Raimi picks a lot of old school Hollywood character actors: Rosemary Harris, Cliff Robertson. Uh, later on, the guy that like fucking dunks on Norman Osborn is uh, Jack Harris. He was like one of the guys who played. Like the original Django and the old school spaghetti westerns, like he's been oh, around cool. forever, and like Sam Raimi knows that shit, and just stacks this movie with those people. Uh, Peter comes home strung out, and he goes to bed. We hear the exposition from the scientists earlier about how they're combining genomes and spiders, and we go inside Peter to see all that happening, and there's like RNA and DNA and Run DMCA or whatever. And fucking Frankenstein. And spooky ass old Frankenstein yeah, shit. Very weird. This is the first time we get that one of the one of the classic collage montages, and man, they don't get better. Uh, over at Oscorp, Norman decides to test <laughs> out the serum on himself. Perfect. Like Forty thousand years of evolution, we barely even tapped the vastness of human potential. And the guy's like, like "Opa moment." The fucking so good. taking the shot and doing the Opa moment. It, right. I'm fucking going into the chamber. He's got nothing to lose at that point. <laughs> this guy is just like, who gives this shit? I love right now? I will one... say, as a as a young Jewish lad watching this movie, being being uh, being willingly ushered into a gas chamber by Doctor Mendelstrom, yeah, played a little weird to me. Felt gotcha. spooky in a way that I think maybe Sam Raimi understood, but I did not like. It made me feel mm. a little icky. There's there's a one character moment here that I like that where he. He puts himself on the table, and then the metal straps, like, bolt onto him. And he goes, ooh, cold. Yeah. And I'm like, a oh, little human nice. moment. A little touch. A little touch humanizing. Just remember that, like, Norman Osborn isn't, he's he's a shitty dad, but he's not a bad guy yet. And this is the last you'll see of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, they load him in, and the gas goes, all, and all the green stuff comes in, and he just starts breaking out, and then he dies. And then Dr. Strom tries to resuscitate him, uh, and then a series the of the CPR I've ever seen. Speaking as a certified lifeguard, that's not how it goes, buddy. No, no, That's no, not no. how it goes. I mean, but he's, I will, he's, a, he's a doctor in certain ways. Maybe he, he can't bring people back to life. I think we need some to people are that. academic he's doctors. A, you yeah. know what I mean? They're PhDs. I could have been a doctor in filmmaking. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, so, of course, then he, he, I mean, he tries to resuscitate him. And then with a series of snap zooms. Now, this is something that we brought, I brought up before, but you cannot sleep on the Sam Raimi Crash zoom into someone's eyes. Crash zoom into the the heartbeat monitor. Crash zoom, ah, you know, and he just wakes up. And then he throws, he grabs Dr. Strom, throws him through the glass of the thing, and then jumps onto it like he's some sort of evil bat. Gargoyle lunge. Lunges after him like a spider monkey. And that is how we leave this scene. Every, listen. Y'all that are hating on Willem Dafoe and the Green Goblin in this film, 
holy shit, he lunges like a bat, and is it a little funny? Yes. Is it a little fucking freaky? Yes. Is it a little scary? Yes. That's Sam Raimi. This Listen. Willem Dafoe is doing the most Broadway Jekyll and Hyde shit that I've ever seen, and he is crushing it. The fucking... Willem Dafoe knows what he looks like. Every day of his goddamn life. He knows that when he goes... Bah! Willem Dafoe in real life... He's a super nice guy, real oh, chill. But he knows what his face looks like, and yeah. he fucking plays it up. He even got a little ripped for this movie. Did you notice that when they strap him in? I'm like, Willem Dafoe, getting a little ripped. It's great, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I'll tell you guys right now, Willem Dafoe, you guys are all at a fucking eight. Willem Dafoe, at a 19. Yeah. You guys need to oh, get yeah. your energy up to that. I, I love it. I love a different movie. I want to be clear about this. I love Willem Dafoe. I even love many elements of his take of the Goblin in this. I just think that the writing does not back it up. There is no consistency, and I would rather see much more of a duality between when he's crazy and when he's a normal person, because the normal person it cuts back to is also just the dude that's a total dick to his kid, and those two <laughs> yeah. don't feel consistent at all. When we see him in the mirror, and he's kind of like quivering and cowering. It's like, that right. doesn't seem like the same man. Like, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Peter wakes up the next morning jacked and no longer needs glasses. Uh, Andy, do you think there was a part where he was like, this guy I'm jacked? And he looked at and he looked at his bicep and he kissed it. And then he went over to the slide ruler that he has stapled to the door. And he's like, fuck, still short. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, still that's short. always the worst thing. Cause that's my fear. That's my greatest fear, honestly. If I ever do get bit by a spider, wake up super jacked. Still, you know, still short. I just want to say that canonically in the 80s and 90s on the old Marvel cards, Spider-Man was 5'8". Spider-Man was used average to be size height. Eight. Average, average height, height. yes. Yeah. And now great height. Toby Maguire is. Perfect height. Size eight. Five eight, baby. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. And now, and now it's like, no, I wish I was five they eight, changed it. They changed it now to where, like, he's 5'10". And I was just like, why are you leaving us behind? Why are you leaving <laughs> yeah, us I behind? I like, I like my spider I'm not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Let me have this. Uh, he runs out of the house. Uncle Ben reminds him that they're painting the kitchen right after school. And, and to which I would have turned around and replied, what are you going to do for the other nine hours that I'm at school, Uncle Ben? You're unemployed. Get your ass in the kitchen and paint it a hideous green That's color. That's extremely rude, Nick. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Rude. Maybe he's looking for a job because he's unemployed. Maybe he's also 70, Nicholas. <laughs> Listen, so old. Listen, he's so saying, old. You gotta keep, when you got an old dog, you got to keep walking that thing, okay? Or else they're just going to drop dead right in front, right on your stoop. Maybe he's yeah. going to take a computer class. Yeah, that'll, that'll go well. That's going to go real well. He's but gonna, I he's, Peter, I'm learning hey, Michelangelo. Like, I love that he's just trying to be sweet all the time. Of course, of course. Uh, Peter, of course, runs, uh, spots, uh, he spots MJ running out of the house with her deadbeat dad yelling at her. He practices, and he's like, then he's like, Peter okay, Parker in a velour shirt and distressed jeans because it's the year 2001. <laughs> uh, he practices what he's going to say to her, but her friend ends up picking her up before he can say anything, and then he looks over and sees the bus leaving him behind yet again. Uh, of course, this time he runs after it, and he slaps the side of the bus, but his hand sticks to the poster that's been delicately taped to it, and he's like, oh, that's weird. What the heck's 